0: the mob it's a boutique street gang at this point it's not Correct. it's not even a fraction of what it once was you know that because yeah. they're all on youtube those mobsters in canada would never be on mm-hmm. youtube so now it's just oh uh, oh, you're a rat oh oh he's a rat for me yeah. cooperating it's been nothing but upside <laughs> i mean there's it's, to me it's like that was the best decision out of a series of long bad decisions this was the right best one
1: city, man um one of six kids Family emigrated from Italy in 1959, so they moved to Lisbon, New Jersey, which was basically an area that um, most Italians from my area lived, also from Sicily, which happened to be where a lot of the mob guys lived. Uh, then um, my father left when I was two, so my mother raised, literally was left with six children, didn't speak the language, and we were pretty much screwed. So my mother was all about us, so she got a job cooking at a cafeteria so she could be off when we were off. And uh, basically, she just bootstrapped all of our lives to make sure we would kind of get what we needed to get. And to me, I you know had some temptations over time, but she, I just didn't want to disappoint her, so I went kind of the straight route. I made sure I educated myself, and that's like I would uh, to have such a great mom. Right. What about your brothers and sisters? Did, did they ever yep. any of them stray off, or they all kind of stick? Yeah, so my father was not a great guy. Like I said, he left uh, when I was two, left us all. And then we kind of reengaged for a little bit, but for the most part was estranged. So he passed when I was 17. And he was an alcoholic and had some challenges, right? So um, my two older brothers... One doesn't drink at all. Kind of follows, you know, the hero role, if you will. Right. But then my other brother followed down uh, my father down that path, got into like drugs, and unfortunately we lost him to addiction in when I was twenty one years old. Okay, sorry. So, um, it, well, I was just gonna say it, it's funny uh, the
0: uh, how with families of alcoholics, yeah. you know, you can pick the roles of the kids. That's correct. You the know hero, I'm the imitator. Yeah, the the. Um, like you got the overachiever, the the, yeah. the right They have yeah. names. Like they all yeah, have the, the names. It's it's a it's yeah. really interesting. Yeah. So, uh, so I mean, what happened then? You went to you go to you go to high school.
1: Yeah. To, so so I I uh, like I said, it's funny because I I everybody has this thing. At least in my my audience and people that don't like me, they have this thing that you like You kind of said earlier that I came from like kind of an upper middle class upbringing. Um, well, a kind of, of ivory tower ish, light brown hair, blue yeah, eyes, yeah, fair yeah. skin.
0: Like you know, you don't yeah. you don't scream Italian. Yeah, you know, and uh, um, and you know, and also you you know all this stuff, and you're raised in these neighborhoods. Yeah. So, well, thank you for the
1: stereotype, right? <laughs> <laughs> no. So with that said, uh, so uh, my family's from Italy, from Southern Italy, uh, from the mountains. So like we should be not dark because we weren't like from, from Sicily or the, the coastal areas. But yeah, usually you have dark hair dark eyes, but my father actually had blue eyes. so pretty much everyone, all five children had uh, uh, blue eyes except my sister had brown eyes, has brown eyes. right so so we all have blue eyes. Um, we um, like I said, just just kind of like regular people, if anything, like at the time, I felt like we never went without anything ever. but like looking back, being a father, we were probably like at best middle class and like at best, but struggled. Right. Like really struggled. I mean, when I was a kid. I wanted to play saxophone. It was like 13 bucks, And my mother, like, made some excuse why we couldn't do it. And I felt like, she was kind of being a jerk, couldn't afford it. Yeah. So I decided to, high school years, I actually kind of wanted to do two things. One is I wanted to be self sufficient because I don't want my mother to rely on me. So I actually, like, doubled up in all my courses so I could take a kind of work study in high school. And typically, work study at the time, I don't think they still do it. it, is typically you go to do a trade. You go, you know, whether you want to be a plumber or electrician, whatever that was. So I got into this company at the time. as a pharmaceutical company. But I'm like, you know what? I really want to go to school. So I actually attended school full-time. Where I working full-time. So I'd knocked out my degree in four years, my undergraduate degree in four years. But I worked an average of 50 hours a week. So I went right. at nights and weekends at school. And um, um, I went to nights and weekends at school. And I worked my ass off. And one of my regrets is it was, there was a Saturday that I was actually at school, right? Because that's the only time I can go. And I went to school around, around my house. And my mother was home by herself. My mother had me at 44, like I said, in the last six kids. There was a home invasion. Mm-hmm. She's in her 70s. My mother talked about gangster. The guy held a knife to her neck and says, you tell me where everything is or I'm going to kill you. She says, you're going to do it anyway, so why help you? Right. Imagine <laughs> a 70-year-old. Italian mother, broken English with a knife to your neck and her saying, if you're going to do it anyway, we might, as, we might as well do it because I'm not going to make it easier for you. So when I came home, everybody was over and I was like, something's not right. And I was like, wow, like if I was home, because she was like making it look like I was home. Right. On Saturday. It Saturday. I was like 28 or whatever the time, uh, 26 at the time. And, and uh, I was like, damn, I'm trying to do better for myself and like try to like have a great education try to like really like do the right thing. And then meanwhile, I'm not even there to help my mother when she gets home invaded. So, like, it's always been, like, dichotomous for me. Um, So, after I got my undergraduate degree by working full time, I was at a company that would pay for it. So, I, had, I went for my master's degree, something I always wanted to do. Um, I like to kind of have my hands in both worlds. I like to understand how business works, like, in practice and reality. But then I also like to learn the academic side. So, you kind of, like, know... How things operate, and you can really kind of put together and win in the long game, not like the short term nonsense that a lot of people get involved with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was, I was gonna say. Um, you ever see those?
0: Uh, I, I don't think, I don't think most people in school or most kids in school realize that you know there's a there's a long term plan, there's That's a right. strategy. Yep. And you know, your education's it's important, yeah. but you know, I'll, listen, I'll take a guy, take a guy that's been doing it for 10 years yeah. in the field over somebody who's got that's right a two to four year degree. That's right. You know, oh, I got out with this degree. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But this guy's been doing it for 10, 20 that's years.
1: Right. And, so, why, and to me, I was fortunate where I was at a company that would pay for it. So why not have both? Right. right. So I would go to school. I went there. I graduated from uh, Rutgers, Newark. Right. So I, I, I go to class and I see like respectfully an African-American woman next to me sometimes bringing their kids to class and i'm sitting here and i'm like wait a second i'm like really not appreciating yeah what yeah i'm going you're here. in a, well and i was thinking that you yeah. were you're lucky you were in a good
0: spot yeah. you know what's so what's so messed up is that most people they're in their tw- mid 20s yeah. before they realize listen yeah this isn't working for me I Correct. need to go back to school or I need to get a trade yep. or I need to do this but by that time you've got two kids that's right that's you got two kids too. and a and, and a, a you know you're trying to pay child support you're trying to be a dad you're trying to work full time uh, your full time job's not cutting yeah. it and now now you're going to add on student loans yeah. and school like yep Man, like you you should have been – you should have been making these – these are the decisions that should have been made when you were 17 years old. Correct. And you already knew you were going down the wrong
1: Well, and path. then – and then. so, for example, Rutgers, if you're from New Jersey, has a lot of different campuses, right? And at the time, I was dating a girl who was in the New Brunswick campus. So, one time, I went to the New Brunswick campus, again, at 7.30 at night, tired, like shot, got to be up, you know, about 6 o'clock next morning. Had another class, I think, at like 9.30 p.m. And next thing I noticed, some dude walking in, smelling like weed, kind of hanging out. Because that was like kind of the main college, and most people people go full time. Like, this is not for me. I need to go back to Newark. Right. I only went there because I was want to be closest to the girl I was dating. But my point being is, I wanted to be like around people that are struggling to get where they need to get, and I need to appreciate what I have as a result. Because my struggle was just time. Right. Like I could have went to school full time, and but I I would lose out on opportunities in a career. I wanted to do both, and it kind of worked out. I then, to be honest, then I got my master's degree, like I said, because like when I interview criminals, I interview a lot of criminals, we'll talk about that in a little bit, is the lack of exit strategy. When I go into any business that I get involved with, if I put a dollar into something, if I have any effort or anything, I think of exit strategy even before I start. Right. And that's one thing I learned in business school. You always need to know your exit strategy before you start, because otherwise, you're not going to do it forever, Right. Right. So that's one of the things I learned, and, and for the most part, I had some exits that were pretty profitable, and I'm working on some stuff to hopefully exit soon. But that's one of the things I learned. Yeah, I was gonna say, like it, it, to me, everything, everything I've
0: done since prison, yeah, has had been like, okay, I'm doing this because it's moving me towards this goal. That's correct. It may not look like it's doing much at this moment, okay. but it's moving. Me. And it doesn't. And half the stuff I'm doing cannot work at all. It doesn't matter. Yep. But if half of it does work, it's moving me towards my ultimate goal. That's correct. And it's, you know, and I've been lucky so far that it's I'm trudging along. Yeah. Um, but I don't think most people think that. Most people think about, you know, this
1: weekend. They're, they're, they're in it for the short game. Yeah. you got to be in it for the long game. You have to put mechanisms in place to make that happen. You have to be patient. Yeah. Um, like if a small company, but a marketing company. And on my team, we say fire bullets before fire cannons. Think about if, like, we were on a pirate ship and we were getting invaded. You only have so much gunpowder, right? Right. So if you start shooting cannonballs, you'll be out of gunpowder, we're gonna get invaded. But if I start shooting bullets, and once I hit the mark, that's when you put the resources out. That's when you take the extra gunpowder and start using the cannonballs. Once you kind of nail that pivot point, and then you double down. So you always gotta experiment a lot. You're gonna fail probably 90% of the time. But once you kind of get those wins, that's when you double down and that's when you win. So how, you know, how did that
0: that whole thing morph into where you're at yeah. you know now like
1: yep. you started working for the uh, pharmaceutical company yeah so i did how that long, I, how long did you do that i did that pharmaceuticals i did for 15 years and then i got into wow, how old are you i'm 48 just turned oh, 48 okay. yeah sorry i didn't know yeah. you <laughs> thought you I, older <laughs> or younger
0: uh well i i just no i thought you were i thought all you all were your, older <laughs> i thought you were in no i thought you were in your 40s but yeah. you just threw 15 years and i'm figure you're got to be at 25 yeah. by Remember the time i
1: started when i was 17
0: yeah, but I still, for some reason, think yeah. of when people, to me, when you graduate with your master's rate, yeah. it's around 25.
1: Yeah, I so graduated tw- you my you master's, added- I think, at uh, 26 years old. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you just yeah. threw 15 years on top of that, I thought. But well, I remember, I went, I went jump. currently, I went to, I, I literally worked full time while I went to school. Literally, I literally worked no less than 50 hours a week while I attended either an undergraduate or graduate. So I did 15 years with the pharmaceutical company, and then I actually got into aesthetics. I used to sell Botox and fillers. Okay, and people were like laughing at me. The, my Italian family was like, "Call me the Botox boy," but it's a cash-based business. Yeah, and when it's a cash-based business, they pay really good commissions. And like, when I was a manager, my top reps were making like four hundred k a year. That's not bad. It's big money, and that's, yeah, big was money. Say, so I did that. For and like that's, that's and that's in uh, that's in New York. Oh, that's right. I mean. a lot of four hundred thousand here in
0: Florida. It's like a, you're, you're like yeah. a millionaire.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like a million a, a year. Well, not just that. You get like expense accounts. You get sometimes cars uh, to pick you up for events. You, you uh, they pay for your parking. They give you a car. They pay for insurance. They pay for health insurance. So the total package is actually somewhat higher. But interesting enough is that's where I met a lot of the celebrities that I met through that because they would get Botox and filler from these plastic surgeons. Oh, okay. And that's where you kind of like the you know, they want free product. You have the guy that has a free product, it's very like drug dealing, but in in the legal sense. Um. I was just thinking about the uh, uh,
0: there's a there's actually a a, a series on I want to say Netflix called yeah. uh, something pain or something or not pain or uh, pain scam or pain heist or something like that I forget it was, they, it was about it was about uh,
1: oxycodone yeah um, well I will I will tell you a little bit about that so I'm in the pharmaceutical space right so I'm a, I think I started in sales around 26 just got my master's, got into sales. I actually worked in the Bronx for a number of years. That's where I started. So I would sit there in the Bronx, and I'd be in a primary care office selling allergy medications. And the Purdue rep would be there. And I'm like, well, wait a second. You're like the oxycodone girl. What are you doing here? Right. Well, we're calling on primary care now. And I'm like, well, why? You go to pain clinics or give me ortho or Yeah, certain- I was going to say people that are in some serious pain. So like- their strategy and how they cause the-, the- We got to get them young. Well, they they literally caused the um, the issue that we have now. Of course, yeah, yeah. Where they called on primary care doctors, they would take them out to dinner. Some had a low barrier to entry. I'd give me to dinner, take me out, give me uh, free this, free that. Give me baseball games. So they got a whole crew that way. But then the other way they do it was pretty smart. They would say, "Hey, Doctor Matt, you are a, a thought leader in your area. I mean, like your primary care doctor in the Bronx." And you're half Medicare, Medicaid, and like, but meanwhile, this state was paying for it. again lobbying by the powers that right. be. So, oh, you're a thought leader and you're gonna talk about how these can be used first line right. for pain. Now they give you a thousand bucks, they give you a car to go to dinner, you speak at a table with two or three yeah, other I doctors.
0: Say, I was gonna and we'd love for you to do a speaking engagement and we'll pay you That's for the right, speaking the engagement. Honorarium. Right, and, and then and it's like you know, no obligation to right. pr- prescribe the
1: medication. That's right. It forced your obligation. That's right. That, you know. Well, you know what happens? We had data on what doctors wrote. So now you're a speaker for me, right? And even at the local level, as a rep, I control the budget, how many speakers I have, or the manager would be like, "Hey, use Doctor Matt a little bit more." So all of a sudden, you no- you notice you're writing more, mm-hmm. but you start getting four or five gigs a month. Yeah. This does not include the jaunts to Cancun. Yeah, the the annual meetings, that kind of stuff. So, and the other part is the system was broke. So, you're a primary care doctor. You went to school that whole time, and you're making like two fifty a year net, but you have four hundred thousand dollars in debt. Yeah. So now what? So now I need to make another fifty from Purdue, another fifty from Merck, and I need another hundred thousand from here. Now you add it up, you're probably making more consulting than than you're actually getting from your actual job. And then what happens is they start writing these pills for a line for pain. Mm-hmm. Now people get addicted. And they never really thought the fact, like I just to that day stood out to me, I'm like, why would you be here at a primary care office? And not just that, in let's say the Bronx, there wasn't one rep. They had four different reps calling on the same doctor. Right. So they figured if, if I liked him, I might get, write him out of relationship. Or if I'm busy that day, somebody else will get me. And that's why we have the issue we have today. And then that's lead to fentanyl and all that kind of stuff. And it's scary. The farms, that that was Purdue. And I know Purdue paid a big fine, but no jail time. Yeah. And they kept their money because they yeah, put, the, it in, they put it, in trust that are protected. Is it the Steckler family yeah. or something like that? I, I, I yeah, probably, scumbags. I probably said it wrong. Um,
0: I was going to say, yeah, but it's kind of like <laughs> the uh, cigarette manufacturers you know they're they're when they would put commercials on and they had yep. like you know cartoons in them with cartoon characters smoking cigarettes you remember the, uh
1: what was it uh Marlboro the number one doctors recommended number one cigarettes recommended by doctors yeah and you have a doctor smoking that, cigarettes see that's where we're at a weird time you yeah. and I are old enough to remember where there's things. like such nonsense yeah
0: I remember that. Listen, my dad, yeah. my dad who started smoking when he was 13, yeah. he can remember when he said that the advertisement that he used to see was that smoking helped strengthen your lungs. He's like, so there was d- a decade went by. He's like, nobody ever said that it was bad for you. Yeah. Like, this is something that's good. It helps curb your appetite. He was, it was cheaper than eating. And they were, you know, they were poor. Yeah. So you give, you know, you're smoking half a pack a day. It's basically replacing meals. I mean, you're a skinny little kid, but you're
1: 14, 15 years yep. old. Your parents aren't pushing you really against it because they can barely feed you to begin with. Yep. I, I remember my father, because I was with him on weekends later in life when he kind of came back around. He would smoke red palm Mall. Pall Mall reds.
0: Yeah. My dad smoked smoked uh, uh, palm Mall.
1: Yeah. So palm Mall reds. I mean, there's other ones, but it was a big red, a little kind of little king or something on it, a little line, whatever it was. He smoked I, gold. Sorry. The Pall Mall yeah, golds. Okay. So... And the funny thing is, it was normal back then. Like, hey, dad, when are we going home? Oh, I need to finish my wine. Right. And drink, like, after seven other glasses of wine. And I need to have, like, another cigarette, and then we'll go. Okay. (laughs) Now we're going to drive. Yeah, let's go. Let's go drive your kids home. So, and then on top of it, we'll be in the car with the, the windows shut, smoking while we're driving. You know, what no my, seat belts. No, oh no, my and dad and had the
0: hand uh, seat belt. Bro, my dad had a um I forget. It was, I think it was like a Lincoln or a Continental or something. Yeah. Where they had, do you remember the t tops? Yeah. So the t tops. So I remember. I he used to let me stand up in the seat, yeah. hold on to the thing while we were driving, and it would be windy. Yeah. And he's we're driving. Oh, no seat belt. I mean, if there, if there was yeah. anything happen, yeah. I'm going out of that car. Yeah. So, or I also remember taking family vacations, and. The back seat where the window came down was was probably about two feet. Yeah. I could lay up there, and I would lay down and go to sleep up there. No seatbelt. Yeah. So you're driving across country, no seatbelt. That's right. Do you remember the station wagon where in the back of the station wagon, in the back of the station wagon, they could open it up and it had seats in yes. it? Yes. Yeah, that was, we had that station wagon. No seatbelts. Yeah. You're just hanging out in the yeah. back.
1: My father, we used to have a, he had a station wagon, and I remember like one time, when I was young. There was kind of like a stuff like moving around in the back, like yeah, you, know, you hear a clock yeah, yeah. clock. It's a loaded shotgun, <laughs> a loaded shotgun, right? And uh, like he didn't hide go, it. There the was no there was no biometrics. Like no. I remember, like when I would go to his place, because he, he lived in Elizabeth, the not a great not a great part. Uh, and he one day he opened the door, and just somebody threw a knife at him, and he turned. And I just like saw this knife like fly past him, and he shuts the door. And like I knew where the shotgun was, he just opens like again, no biometrics, no like separate compartment. Opens up the closet, takes out the shotgun, and starts walking on the street looking for these people. Like you can't make oh. this shit up. Those so, so, are the days, right?
0: So you're, you're in the pharmaceutical. Yeah. You go. Uh, you know what happens
1: uh, during that time. So. You, no. you, I mean, why do you end up getting out of? Yeah, uh, so, so, so again, the kind of two parts. So in the pharmaceutical, and I just noticed like re, anything reimbursed wasn't making as much. So like I like, you know as a far, I was a farm school manager at the time, I like kind of area director, and I was looking at my team. Right, they were making they were making good money. My top rep for them was maybe making one hundred thirty thousand, which is a lot of money, especially back then. But I just noticed they kept like in the comp plan making less, less, and less. So I said, that's when I went into aesthetics because it was cash business. I ran that for 14 years. And you still make good money doing that. But that also kind of got cracked down to other competitors. They don't want to pay as well. Um, a lot of discounting, a lot of other stuff. So I was making really great money there. And then it was time for me to run my own business. I just couldn't. As much money as I was making. And I said to my, I remember like I was having a cigar with a friend. And we we're making really good money. And he goes to me. He goes, Tom, he goes, you know what's stopping us from making $3 million? I said, what? He goes, 300000 And he's right. When you're making $300,000 a year, you're comfortable. You're good. You're happy. Or you think you're happy. Right? But you still got to pay for the dry cleaning. You're still W-2. You get crushed on taxes. Right. You're expected to have lifestyle inflation. Those two or three weeks off or 20 grand vacations because you you got to live the life because you're kind of hanging out with these doctors. Right. So there's like some transference going on. So you try to keep up with the Joneses. And I said to myself, if I want to make money, I want to make it for me. So I started a media company, marketing company, about 10 years ago.
0: Right. And what it when what is a media marketing company? So yeah. I mean, what's what's a basic client like? A- yeah,
1: so we like we're heavy in because we have connections in the plastic surgery space. You can ever tell by looking at me. I'm like the plumber with the leaky pipe. Um, so I should use my own people, but uh, I like high margin stuff. Like right. so, for example, if you are a plastic surgeon. And you're paying us, let's say, five grand a month. We get you one boob job. You make your money back. So we like high-margin customers. So we tend to be heavier in cash-based businesses and places that are higher margin. Mo- more on the, again, aesthetic and plastic surgery side. But we do other stuff. But then I kind of leverage that into some media properties. I own a large magazine in New Jersey called the New Jersey Digest. We reach about a million and a half people a month. And I have New Theory, which is the podcasting magazine. What does the magazine do? What, what do you? We have an online magazine that's mostly lifestyle. Oh, OK. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, I, I have about four to five uh, different streams of income. Four of them are passive, so that's why I'm able to do the show and that kind of stuff. But I have different like different irons in the fire.
0: And you started a podcast in 2016. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we just figured that out. By the way, before you got here, we we pulled up the
1: app. The audio. The audio is terrible. Um, right. But I interviewed like Jordan Belfort, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, I don't know if you know him. He's Gary I love, I, yeah. I mean,
0: you know, it's funny. I don't really watch his yeah. stuff anymore, yeah. but when yeah. I was in the halfway house. Oh, forget it. You know, because it gets, it, it gets repetitive. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he started pushing like crypto yeah. and, and, and NFTs. NFTs and, stuff. Just and Travel like, Zoo.
1: Yeah. So he, um, he, uh, so he was interesting because I interviewed him and he was still very big. And uh, so the wine library where his father was, right. his, um, he was speaking there. And I was able to get an interview with him. So don't mind it. This is when, like, he's, he's big now, but he was, like, big er back then as a caricature. Like, yeah. now he's Gary Vaynerchuk, the business guy, the mogul. But back then, he would get, like, 5,000 people to show up at a place if he was dropping right. sneakers or something. So he was actually at the wine library at his father's place. And I had an interview set up with him. And there's about 300 people still online buying his wine. And he liked my move. I said, hey, Gary, I want to come interview you. By the way, how many cases of wine do I need to buy? Right, and he wasn't really quid pro quo, play for play, but yeah. he appreciated the gesture. Yeah. so I got a few cases while I was there, and I, I waited. He goes, and he kept apologizing because he gives time to people. He's legit. He does the whole like two liners. Yeah, but I do think he's sincere. So he's literally like, "Hey, Tom." He's like he's saying, "Tom, wait, wait, wait. Well, I'll interview because he wants you know, to say hello to everybody, and I'm scheduled to interview him afterwards." He apologized like six times, to him. right, like, Gary. Take your time. Like, I'll wait, I'm bro. I'm nobody. Yeah, I am nobody. So uh, he was done. I interviewed him. Uh, great interview. I told you the Jordan Belfort story. We were supposed to have cigars with him, uh, but he brought up his friend who had his pregnant wife. So we interviewed him in a, a hotel. Again, these are just all audio because right. it's what it was back then. Um, I just had a lot of great interviews over the years. Some billionaires, Grant Cardone, I don't know if you follow him. He's out of Florida. So I did a lot of, I was always really good at getting guests and I was audio only up until probably until about like 2020, 2021. Then I went to YouTube. Oh, okay. Or I got more serious about YouTube.
0: Okay. Yeah. But there, I mean, because there's videos that are like four years old, but there's they're not, some, I don't think they're videos though. Yeah,
1: yeah. So some of the older stuff is either audio stream. And I did an occasional video. Yeah,
0: well, I was gonna say, what they are they on your thing? Because we were we were looking, and there was stuff yeah. that was like four years old. Whether four years click old,
1: whether well, four years old is more likely an audio stream. because oh, okay. when you like have like a audio, because it's MP3 and MP4, you know all that, um, you can stream from your audio to video, so it's just an audio file. Oh, I barely know anything about that. So well, uh, does. Hey, that's what it
0: matters. Half the stuff that I'm clicking on is yeah. like, you know, I'm just figuring out stuff. I'm like B- oh, that's B- what that means. There's a difference between MP three and MP four. Yeah. So uh yeah, I was I was gonna say, um, and then but you, when you first started putting stuff on your podcast yeah. It was, you're saying initially it was business stuff, but so it, it kind
1: of morphed. Yeah, I interviewed Francis, was one of my big interviews. Then I interviewed Johnny A. Light. So what happened, I saw was, whenever I do like a mob podcast versus maybe a regular, even successful, notable guy, even like Gary V, right. the mob podcast would do about like five to eight X higher right. than the regular videos. Yeah. So then I was like, you know what? Let me start doing more mob stuff. Yeah. So I started doing that around 2020, 2020 2021. Well, and you are. You already know the, the history.
0: Yeah. Right? Because you said you kind of basically grew up around these guys. Like you were talking yeah. about like your – your Yeah, my your, first my
1: first cousin married – my father's side married Sammy the Bull's niece. Um, we had uh, another relative marry uh, somebody in, who was a Jersey boss. And just we were kind of like around all these things. Right. But what was interesting enough is my mother hated them up. She abhorred them up. she Right. Felt they were bad people. They felt they were like a leech on not just society, but the Italian American society. <laughs> yeah. and uh, so we she kept us away as much as she could. Yeah. So what it did was a little bit of the opposite, where it developed a fascination. Where I probably read about three hundred mob books. Um, okay. I've interviewed. I know, like I get like shit for this, but I interviewed the most inducted members, more than Vlad, more than PBD. I think nine at this point. Um, so I'm just really fascinated by like how it kind of coexisted with the Italian American culture. But again, I also like the business aspect. People like, well, how can you interview an informant? I don't care if they're an informant. Well, why do they inform? I look at it this way. I have a company. I hire the wrong person. That shit's on me. I hired the wrong person. Yeah. I can't say, well, they're a bad employee. Well, I picked them. Right. And that's I pay the price. Uh-huh. So I don't look at the informants being necessarily the bad guys. It's the people that made them or the people that brought them around where they – had a blind spot towards them And now they pay the price Well you know And, and it's like We talked about this last night Where yeah. it was like Okay Like
0: you, you know That informant's walking around Yeah Like you know to, Like there were To me like Omarta yeah. Right And actually remember I, I forget Who wrote The Godfather? Mario Oleg, Puzo Puzo Yeah he wrote another one Oh, okay Well he wrote one I think it was called It was called Omarta
1: Yeah And he talks about The whole
0: thing Where it was like You know part of the Kind of like what We talked about last night Where it's you get arrested, you go to jail. We make sure you're okay. Correct. We make sure your family's okay. Correct. Um, we pay for your lawyer. We like, will we help you out? You that's don't right. say anything. Yeah that's not what's happened. But that's not what happened. like not everybody forgets about that. Correct. Now it's just keep your mouth shut., Yep. keep my mouth shut. My family loses their house. My kids end up on everybody yep. ends up on food stamps. You know, my wife's got no money. Yeah. I got no money in here. There's no support. And all you guys are and but th- then it becomes the threat of if you snitch you'll get killed. Correct. But now you don't do that either. Yep. So now it's just, oh uh, oh, you're a rat. Oh, oh, he's a rat. Uh like where okay, great. Where's the it's like for me yeah. cooperating? Yeah. Not that I have anything to do with the mob or there's any kind of code yeah. um with with my whole thing. But it's been nothing but upside. <laughs> I mean there's it to me it's like that was the best decision
1: out of a series of long bad decisions. This was the right best one. City, man. Well so so if you unpack that a little bit, right? The construct as is, right. right? So if you look at it, and you're a criminal, right? Because you were a criminal, um, and let's say you happen to be Italian American, or you happen to be an associate of an Italian American crime family, it wouldn't make sense. You have a brotherhood, you have protection, you have a little swag, you have more resources, maybe money, capital, uh, maybe bigger heists, bigger stuff, bigger rackets. So that makes sense, right? So then your Italian guy you get inducted. Should be, oh wow, if I go away, yeah, there should be a mailbox every month, mailbox money, right? Right. Uh, In jail, oh, the first day you get there, hey, here's your shower slides, here's this, here's that. Oh, you're gonna talk to this guy, I'll get to make sure the yard, you're protected. Oh, he's with us, right? That doesn't happen, right? So, all this construct of like, if, and when you get out, there should be, oh wow, we kept your book going, here's 500K because you served 10 years for the family. Right. None of this happens. Now, if you have a good captain, it does happen. Or maybe some regard as like the Genovese family. I think they have a war chest for that. But a lot of these guys that manage a war chest, they mismanage it or they keep the money because agreed. So what you sign up for, especially the American mafia, which is different than the Italian mafia, which we'll talk about in a minute, if you will. Um, it's it's they just they fucked it up. They were they had they were so powerful they were able to influence presidential campaigns for when so when I interview current mobsters, I'm like, hey, do you have a local politician on the hook? No. Oh, did the Lucchese family have this guy as their... No. Then what are you guys doing? All
0: right. You, you know what's so funny about that? Is that if you asked me, did you have a local politician? You did. Well, I that's did. why I brought it up. Know? Yeah, you like did. I did have a local... Yeah. Po- I actually had several local politicians. Yeah. I actually donated to the mayoral campaign yep. to both sides. Yeah. I mean, we, we went to all the functions. Correct. Like I had accountants. I had doctors. I had lawyers. Yep. I had police officers. The police officer, one of several police officers I worked with,
1: yeah.
0: where I was doing fraudulent loans for them and getting them cash back. Right. Luckily, I was doing that because yeah. one of those guys is the guy that came to me yeah. and said, "FBI is coming to arrest you." Yeah. To be honest with you, that really ultimately went bad. I should have yeah. just been arrested. i have been better off. The point is, is that, is that, but if you talk to one of these these guys, like yeah. they don't have any of that. Correct. They're basically just shaking down people yeah. and running books and
1: hoping not to get caught. And and, and and because they so, so if you really think about it, right So the American Mafia kind of at one point Had some utility, right So for example, you were in Bensonhurst, Brooklyn, Howard Beach Morris Park, Bronx Even though like, it New Jersey, right And God forbid your sister or daughter Got like sexually assaulted Right You go to the cops, uh, this, that well, they, they have on. to follow the law what First, can you they go really to a local wise guy That stuff to take care of, right There would be like honor killings Right or there'll be honor beatings. So this stuff was expedient. The mafia is much more expedient than the government, you know that. So the problem is the Italian American neighborhoods basically dissipated. So now they no longer had like kind of that local strength because there really are no super Italian American neighborhoods around anymore. If there are, they're not as mopped up. So then it's like they didn't really evolve. And the, because they didn't evolve and he had Rico and he had informants, that's why they are where they are today. Yeah, I was gonna say, I, I forget who I talked to, was. they were saying that. John, or maybe it was
0: a documentary where they were saying like, listen, the that John Gotti, well, first of all, Rico destroyed the mob, right? But they they also were saying that John Gotti
1: did more damage to the mob yeah. than 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 any than the the law enforcement ever did. I, I actually I actually disagree with that. I'm gonna tell you why. because don't get me wrong, you should not be on Time magazine and you should not be talking to the media, but it's like a train, right? A train's going hundred miles an hour and you slam on the brakes. There's going to be inertia for a while before it stops. Right. There was two critical cases in the eight. It's actually three, but two to, to name real quick was the commission trial, which got rid of all the major bosses. Right. And then the Windows trial, which took away one of the bigger rackets. So now you took away the leadership. You took away their money. The inertia behind that was like, well, Gotti came on board. He could have been the best boss on the planet. It just the The they just did not move quick enough, and they weren't dynamic enough to to move it was literally a chess match with the fbi and they lost right well i mean he had he had a couple he had a good run he had a couple of uh he had had, i think a good six seven year run at boss which is just kind of expected you're at six seven years you're you're legit nowadays it's different you're quieter and you could have a nice run but back then six seven runs paul castellano people try to make it look like Paul Castellano was chosen by uh, Castle, uh by Carlo Gambino and then Neil Delacroach, you know, was upset about it and Gotti was upset about it. Castellano had a nice 10-year run, but Castellano was taking the mafia in the right direction. They needed to go more yeah, was, towards legitimate business. Right. That's what I, I
0: had I had heard just based on the limited knowledge yeah. I have, that he was more business oriented than he Correct. was, you know, not that he was above having someone, you know, taken out yeah. or or, you know. Whatever breaking someone's legs or anything, yeah. but he was very much more trying to legitimate, uh, legitimize
1: their the the mob structure. Correct. So, um, but to talk, but talk about exit strategy and generational wealth. So, we have a family friend who actually has a Ferrari dealership here in Tampa and one in Orlando. I think the Tampa one is one of the largest in the country, and one in Orlando. But he also fixes them in in Elizabeth. So, right as Christmas party, holiday party. And I see this guy come and he's picking up a Ferrari and he's on the phone. And, like, you, when you pick up any car, hey, you gotta walk through, here's this GPS, blah, blah, blah. It's a Ferrari. So you yeah. have to be, he's like, hey, well, the guy's trying to show him what to do and how, the guy's on the phone. Right. He had, wants nothing other than just get the keys and leave. Right. Right. I'll and figure it out. Man. Yeah. And, like, he just didn't care. Right. He was like picking up a Honda. It was a relative cast line. I don't want to say which one, but a relative cast line. And my point being is, they had concrete companies that are still around to this day, chicken companies, meat companies. He set them up for like bigger things, right? You know, like Cola olive oil. That's Perfacci, right? So my point being is, the guys that followed like kind of the business end of things and followed had like an exit strategy and generational wealth. So Tony, Fat Tony Salerno was worth like six hundred million when he died. There was a time that if you were an Italian American man, especially a Italian American criminal, it made sense. If you're a wise guy now and you don't really super juice, then you're probably making like sixty grand a year. Yeah, I was gonna say, and you're risking going to jail for
0: ten or fifteen for years. For what? It's uh, that, that guy uh, I interviewed, uh, Jeff. Right? Definitely do. I Do. Um. And it you know, he he gave a a great story yeah. where he was talking about how. Um, there was a guy that got picked up that hung out with uh, Merlino. Yes. And they went to him and said we want you to cooperate. And he said no. And everybody else that got had the same charges, were getting a year, 18 yeah. months. Yep. And he got like 9 years. Yep. Because he, they knew he could give them Merlino and he refused to. Yep. So, okay, we're going to hammer you. He was like so, you know, Jeff was saying like hanging out with these guys, they think it's cool. Correct. And they think, well, I'm not going to cooperate. Well, then you need to be expected to do 10 yep. years when you should be doing 18 months.
1: Yeah, I, I interviewed an ex, well, he wasn't in the cartel, but he had the cartel connections. And one of, my always, one of my questions I always had was, the Italian mafia pretty much started the heroin trade in the US, right? Back to the 60s. Okay, In my opinion, that's why they had Appalachian meeting in 57, because there was a meeting in Sicily, they said, we're going to go ahead and control the national pipeline up until the 80s during the Pete's connection trial. That was another important trial. So when Coke got big, why wouldn't the Columbia just go to the Italians and say, hey, you have 26 cities, you have distribution, why don't you, why don't we, we'll get it to New York, we'll get it to L.A., we'll get it to Chicago, you guys dis- distribute it. Cartel guys wanted nothing to do with the Italian mafia because he increased FBI presence. Right. So that's why they went to other ethnic groups and themselves. They distribute themselves essentially now or other ethnic groups we wanted nothing to do with the Italians. Um, you know, which you, was a big opportunity. I, I'm not. I don't condone drugs. Drugs have personally devastated my family's life. But from a business perspective, I think the Italian mafia uh, lost out because they did not get involved with drugs. The The 'ndragata, which is in Calabria, they got involved with coke early, and now they make fifty billion dollars a year.
0: So do you know who Seth Ferrante is? Of course, okay. I interviewed him. Oh, I was just gonna say yeah. you should interview him. He did. Yeah. He did. A, was it dope? I think it was the documentary. Is it Dope Man? Uh, what's his name? Uh, 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 White Boy Rick. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. no, he he. I mean, he did that, but he also did. he oh, just, he, did, he, did he just do- did a recent one. Yeah,
1: he did dope man. I think it was about how the Italians were the original dope man. Or yeah, yeah, name. where yeah. he was
0: saying like they, you know, they they pushed that they weren't, Correct. but they were. Correct. Like all these guys have been arrested for. Yeah. Little here, a little there. Um, so we were talking earlier about, well. Before the podcast, we were talking about how the. So at one point, you know, the Italian mob, yeah. the mob in, you know, Canada, yes. the mob in the US, like they were basically all kind of on, on par. par with Correct. one another. Correct. And then, you know, like to me, I give this to the, you know, to the FBI, right? Yeah. And to Rico and yeah. how they pursued them, you know, insistently. Yep. Uh, and they've, and I was like, uh, you know, like it's, it's dead. Like it's over, it's, it's, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a, um, a, but, a boutique, um, street gang at this point, you know, uh, you know, it's flashy, it's nice, it yeah. looks good. Uh, yeah. it's, you know, everybody knows about it kind of, you yep. know, they, it's got a, it's kind of got a sexy appeal to it, to yeah. some, some people, um, you know, but it's not the mob, it's not, Correct. it's not even a fraction of what it Correct. once was. Correct. And so, but you could, and in one, I, I was saying, you know, you know that because yeah. they're all on YouTube. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm even guys that people say, no, he's still, you know, even Merlino, people, everybody out there. Oh, now, Merlino's yeah. not saying it, yeah. but of course not, but guys are still out there saying, no, he's still running, you know, the Philadelphia mob and he's on YouTube. So, you know, and then you've got guys that are saying I'm out of that life, or some of them cooperated, some yeah. didn't cooperate. You know, some guys maybe they just kind of retired and yeah. they started a YouTube channel. Hey, and I get that, but the fact is, whether you're in or out of it, those mobsters in Canada would never be on you, YouTube. Hell no. You know, not only they would they would come in, they they kill you. Yeah. You'd be lucky if your family didn't get killed just to put, send a message
1: to everybody. They recently killed a woman in Canada. And they're not sure if she was collateral damage or if she's involved herself, but yeah, Canadian mafia doesn't, doesn't mess around. So here's kind of the other fascination. So I have the fascination of like kind of the business end of stuff, right? Right. that's my, my background, but kind of just step back for a second. Okay. So you have Calabrians, let's say Sicilians, Canadians, and Americans. So all essentially Italian or Italian American, all eat pasta on Sunday, all have matriarchs, kind of similar cultures, but living in different parts of the world. Now in Italy, they have very strict mafia laws, believe it or not, 41 bis. In the U.S., you can say, hey, I'm in the mafia. Not illegal. You can be a Freemason. You can be whatever you want. Now, you can't participate in legal activities, but you can't be in the mafia. In Italy, if you're in the mafia, you're arrested just for being in it for mafia association. And they throw you in special jails, and they restrict your rights. So in Italy, they actually have harsher laws. In Canada, the laws are much more lax, but still to America. Were detached from the motherland, kind of Americanized or Canadianized. So it was a cultural thing. So as the Americans waned, the Indragada became the most powerful criminal organization in the world. The way they did it was first by kidnapping. In the 80s, they would kidnap anybody and anybody who had money. Getty, his grandson. Oh, okay. They kidnapped his grandson. Right. And they negotiated whoever was down. I think they wanted, like, let's say, a million dollars or five million or whatever back then. They negotiated a certain amount because that's how much Paul uh, Getty could write off on his taxes. Right. Yeah. And then, and, the, and then the little bit, <laughs> and the little bit that went over, he he got it as a loan to his the father who was the father of the kidnapped son, and at an interest rate of like ten percent. So it wasn't like, hey, here you go to save your grandson or our grandson. Right. It's I can write this off, and you got to pay the loan to the rest. But the mafia knew that, the, the Calabrian mafia knew that, so they made their money off of kidnapping to the point. There was actually, in the Italian newspaper, a section called the sequester. So there was sequester season, which is kidnapping season, where there were so many kidnappings to the point that it actually made national news, and it would say, hey, here's other people that are currently kidnapped. Wow. And they all held for ransom, people paid them, otherwise they would kill them. So they made the money for kidnapping. Once they became wealthy from that, they uh, the Sicilians controlled the heroin trade, the Sicilian mafia, the actual Sicilian. And they realize heroin customers they die, right? It's <laughs> not poor, good. And they're poor. It's not a good business yeah. model. And they're and they're lowering the economic scale, right? What do cokeheads do? They got money and they come back. Yeah, they come back again and they give it to their friends. So they got really early on in the coke to the point they actually build a port in G- Giotato. They built the port themselves to help import and to this. Well, day, you got to invest in your business. And to this day, they control 80% of the Coke trade in, in Europe. And Coke is much more expensive in Europe. Why the Americans are sitting there like Tony Soprano on the stump of a, a pork store. Yeah, we were talking about the Canadian mob. I, I watched a,
0: a documentary where they were explaining that at some point, this is 20 years yeah. ago, 25, 30 years ago in Canada, suddenly politicians started introducing bills saying, we want to we make— a ca- casino gambling legal? Yes. And all and and you know, the public came out. No, no, no. And then they so then they have these hearings where they they explain to the public. No, it'll be good. It'll bring in business. It'll bring in jobs. It'll bring in. Yep. And they're saying we don't want it. And, yep. they, and so you have some people obviously that do want it, but yep. the locals are like not 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 in my neighbor, not in this city. So but eventually those bills pass, and those casinos get built, and then within a year or two when their taxes are going through and they're being audited on a regular basis they start to realize like these places are making there's a ton of cash going through yep. here and it's not making sense based on the you know on the um statistic statistical data that we have like yes. how many customers they have and what their yeah. people are like this isn't quite making sense and yeah. they realize after about 3 or 4 or 5 years that hey this is a money laundering operation yep. and then when when there's a there's a huge investigation, they come in and they realize that what ha- actually happened was the cartels went to the mob in Canada. The Canadian mob in Canada had the political connections yes. to force to ask these or request that these bills be written so they could get the laws changed so they could build casinos so they could start laundering money for the cartels through the through the um uh, through the uh, uh casinos casinos and it was like like the the long-term plan and the intricacy and the like that's something that at this point in time yeah probably even 10 or 20 years ago because what are we 2000 of you know or we're in 2024 yeah so you know that the the u.s now the mob in the u.s would have had that in the eight seven in the 50s 60s 70s 80s they had that obviously that's right that. Big time. but Letting now City, they don't
1: yeah well so again if you kind of unpack that a little bit um and you had some great guests on that probably know this better than me. But when you get the coke over to Canada, sometimes the hard part is getting the money back, right? So what you need to do is again, they need the institutions, right? I think HSBC got tripped up in the U.S., so now they're hooked up with casinos. They learned, they do a smurfing. I don't know what that is. That's when that, that, that's when uh, I get my five cousins and I give them literally ten thousand dollars to go gamble. They go to the window at 900, nine hundred, nine thousand, nine hundred, you know, nine hundred. Cash out that money, put all together, boom! That's fifty grand right there. Right, but it's done at scale. Believe it or not, so so when that's done, is they kind of launder the money and help help launder and legalize that money to be used, even gift cards. Believe it or not, that's why when you go to the store, not just because of the scammers online, but they were using gift cards to launder money as well. Believe it or not, at five hundred bucks each, adds up after a while. So, point being is. The Italian mafia in Canada, again, is much different than that of the U.S., and it's kind of split into two parts. First, you have the traditional Rizzuto family, which Vito Rizzuto was smart. He recognized that not everybody was Italian, that Italians didn't control the streets. Right. But to control the streets, you need to control the distribution. So he he controlled the distribution of drugs, along with the Hells Angels, the Haitians, the Irish, and other street gangs to kind of work as a consortium to run the business and control the drug trade in Montreal. Then you had the Intragada, which is an offshoot of the Calabrian organization, and they literally, the Camiso clan, is probably one of the most powerful clans, not just in Canada, but maybe in the world as a clan. They got tripped up about four or five years ago, and they took like 17 high-end cars, five Ferraris, four or five million dollar homes, millions of dollars in jewelry, Somehow they got off on a technicality and they had to give it all back. But mafiosi here in the U.S. are running around with Mercedes, uh, or, right. uh, Ferraris, Bentleys, Bugattis. They don't have that. But there they did. So they got off, I think, because they had institutional power. But my point being is the of the big money makers, the Rizzuttos are also big money makers to the point that they actually usurped the five families in New York by power and by financials. So I By lo- far. I have a money
0: laundering story. True. Um... Shocker. I, I have a, not me, I have a, a buddy. Yeah. Although I did get hit with money laundering, but they dropped it. Hmm. Um, so it's like obviously, you half I have, to, what are we talking about? It's yeah. illegal money. Yeah. I have to get it out of the bank. Yeah. Yeah. So um, w- what happened was I had a buddy of mine's dad who retired, and he's retiring. And, you know, you can go, you go to obviously real estate agents yeah. and, and they'll be selling businesses yeah. like real estate. People don't realize that that like real estate brokers yeah. and stuff. Yeah. They actually sell businesses. So he yeah. goes out and he retired early, retired like in his, uh, in his early sixties, yeah. got a payout. There was a, the bank he had, had been bought out. And it's like, Hey, if you retire early, you get a bigger yeah. bonus. I'll take it. So he goes, I'm a banker. I know what I'm doing. He goes out and he starts looking at different businesses. One of the businesses he found was a, um, a laundromat. Yeah. So he goes to the laundromat, looks at the guy's books for the guy that owned it for like f- like three to five years. Looks at his books and he's like, "This guy's making bank. Mm. He's selling this at for like half of what it's really worth." Mm. So he gives like, him yeah. like three or four, like three hundred, yeah. four hundred thousand dollars in cash when it's yeah. worth like eight hundred thousand. Yeah. It's banking and. He buys it, and literally like the first month, it's already losing money 100%. a lot. Yeah, And the next month, it's losing. Yeah. And then so he fires some employees, and then he goes in, and he starts working some of the hours himself. And then the next month, it's losing. And then he eventually, after six months to a year, he gets it to a point where it's breaking even, but it's certainly not making any yeah. money. And he's dumped like three hundred thousand or four hundred, whatever yeah. it was, into it. Yeah. And within a year and a year and a half, he and now he's using his pension to p- make the payments. That's crazy. And he went, you know what, that's it. And after eighteen months, he closes it. Wow. Completely. Completely clo- like like oh, closes. Man. Like he, he sells the machines off. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. it's not happening. he's on the dollar. And doesn't know what happened and I don't get it. And you know, we I worked so hard and I don't understand. I you know, he lost this massive payout. Well, right
1: right off right on something like that. That's obviously – so when somebody's selling a business so cheap or inexpensively, is a red flag. That's part one, right. right? And then number two is even in this day and age, to pay somebody that much cash is also another red flag because they probably deal in cash themselves. Right. So it's like, oh, I'll give you 50000 off if you pay cash. Another red flag. Right. right? Well, I was going to say, once
0: again, I, I don't know whether
1: it was – yeah.
0: Fifty percent off.
1: Whatever yeah, it was, yeah. it was a great deal. Yeah. No, but but but, but, but that but that's, a, that business, that's the first red flag. But the second is, especially when you put out that kind of money, you actually say, Hey, you know what? I want to hang out for two weeks. Right. And just sit sit in a chair, grab a newspaper, grab your phone, and just hang out for well, two weeks for the other thing is first of all, why would you go into a business that you have you, you you've been in
0: banking for your entire life? Yeah. Like you don't suddenly say, I'm gonna open up... Everybody wants to open a restaurant. Yeah. What are you talking about? That's right. That's why most of them fail. You have no experience owning yep. a restaurant. Yep. You open one, and within a year, six months to two... Within a year to what two years, they go under. That's right. You don't know what you're doing. Anyway, um, so what happens is, five or six years later... Keep in mind, this guy's been doing this for... Ten, the yeah. guy he bought it from has owned dozens of these things. Yeah. And he tends to... Now, you don't. he doesn't know this at the time, but five years later, he realizes... This guy's now been doing it 15 years, mm. 10 prior, yeah. 5 cents, 15 years. One day he opens up the newspaper. He's been, he's been indicted and he's been arrested. For money laundering. Money laundering. He's been taking drug money and laundering it through the laundromat wow. and doing the books correctly. So it looks like the the, yeah. the business is making a chunk it's of money revenue, yeah. and he's doing it for very little cash because his long-term goal was I do it for five years. I put it on the market. I sell it. I make myself Correct. 500. I make myself whatever I was yeah. making in general and that money, yeah, you know, plus charging whatever I'm charging to launder this money. Yeah. But eventually what happened was, you know, this guy got busted, talked about this guy who talked about this guy who talked about the, how, how they're laundering their money. Yeah. They just washed him for a little bit. But- Look what happened to my buddy's dad. He lost his entire his payout, his entire inheritance and he's living on social security, and he had to claim bankruptcy. Jeez. He had, you're, you're now 62, 63 years old no more. claiming bankruptcy, and you're basically living off of social security and a small pension.
1: Well, and if, you th- and if you think about it, the guy that sold it to him, he's got his money. he'll probably go to jail, do some time and probably give up some money. But that's the other thing too. so even if you're in the money laundering game, with forensic accounting nowadays. So, you know, the old days you would have the laundromat and then the cartel or whatever would have a linen company. So you'd pay them That's the, or vendors. You'd pay out vendors right. and that kind of stuff. But then nowadays they do like forensic accounting. They'll follow the money trail. And a lot of these companies are shell companies that are closed down by the time they check them out. So you're on the hook. Mm-hmm. And number two, like then you have to come up with that money. And if you weren't good with your money, now all of a sudden you okay you go to jail, what, 10, 15 years. But they'll say, okay, you made this. And they'll inflate it. You know that. They'll say, "Oh, you made fifteen million dollars. These are all ill-gotten gains. You owe us fifteen million dollars, and you have to go away. What are you going to do? I'm going to squeeze you. So it's not even like profitable in the long run. All
0: right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it crushed this guy. It crushed. That's my sad. Day. That's yeah. sorry to hear that. Um. So it's funny too because it's like in in real estate, yeah. you know, it's extremely easy to yeah. tell a lot of money. You know. Yep. Uh, and. You know, I'm surprised more of those guys don't get uh, don't get uh, don't get a, arrested
1: for. But one money. of the big moves, especially like the Russian oligarchs and the Russian guys, is they'll buy apartments in Manhattan for 150 million. Yeah, and they leave them like vacant. They, aren't they? They? Like, they, park, they park it there, and then they get a, they buy a cash 150 million, and then take a loan against 150 million because you don't get tax off loans, right.
0: and then just make the payments.
1: And It's legal. All that's tax deductible. So yeah, that, that's insane.
0: Yeah. Uh, Wrong, the business. Hmm. So, all right. So you you started the channel. Yeah. You're interviewing these guys. Yeah. You interviewed, um, you interviewed uh, uh, Michael Franzese
1: yeah, like three or four times.
0: Yeah, um, it, it's. I was gonna say that. The one of the frenzies, I don't know which one I, yeah. I I watched, but I remember he was saying like if the mob was because he was basically saying like the mob is it's, yeah. it's 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 there, but it's nothing like it was. Correct. And he, he goes he was saying like if it was there, he's like this half the stuff that's going on in the streets wouldn't be going on. There wouldn't that's be right. the drug dealers on the corner, there wouldn't yep. be uh so so yeah, I, I see that they at, at one point that was at one point that was a benefit.
1: Yeah.
0: It's just not happening anymore. It's like the spiders eating the flies. Right. And now everybody's on the uh on the internet um, arguing, fighting it out over YouTube. What is, uh, what did uh, Wade said? Uh, you, he called it uh, uh, YouTube Wars. No, not YouTube Wars. He called it, uh, what he called it something, Tube Wars or YouTube oh, Wars or something. I mean, he had a name for it. Yikes. And uh, uh, I, I had some guy in the comment section because, you. I mean, you know this, no. like in your comment section, like half of it are guys that are, they hate your guts yeah. for saying anything negative about their idol. Correct. So your idol is... You know your idol is Sammy the Bull, and yeah. you know you do a podcast where you say something negative about him, and then the Sammy the Bulls fans come out and they just they trash yeah, you, yeah. right? And then you've got some guys that you know they tell you what you did wrong or what you yeah. did right, which is, which is fine. I don't I don't mind criticism, yeah. don't, but um, uh, what what I was gonna say is it, it's funny. I had one guy who came out and said this is pathetic. All you're doing. Because I've done a few mob yeah. videos, yeah, right? I saw that, yeah. Which is funny, yeah. Because like I wasn't going to do the, the yeah. anything on the mob. I don't I have, I have, I have no knowledge of yeah. the mob. That's the problem. Is I yeah. don't under, I understand. There's five families. Yeah. Like, I bet you I can only name two or three of the yeah. names of the family. Yeah. Um, and I know there's there's some big things. I can't, some things that happened. You know, yeah. um, and I have some very very brief uh, understanding of what's what's happening and the structure and whatever, and all that's from movies or documentaries. And so, but Wade was sending me some stories. He's like, yo, bro, have you seen this? Have you seen this? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. And then he goes, we should do a video on that. And I was like, yeah, okay. So we we did a video. It's funny, when we were done doing the video, I said, hey, do you want to put this up on your channel? He said, you know, that that didn't go exactly the way I thought it was going to go. Yeah. And I have a certain group of guys that watch my channel. Yep. I'm gonna go ahead and not post this. He said, You post it. So I was like, okay. So yeah, that's content. right. So I posted it. Yeah. It's funny though, he got he got a bunch of subscribers from it. Nice. And I told him, I said, I told you you should have you yeah. should have done it. He said, No, I still think I made the right call. Yeah. Uh but what's funny is I remember one of the guys just screaming and hollering, saying, You're a piece of garbage that you posted this, all you're trying to get is views. And I went. What, what do you think you're on YouTube for? Yeah. Like, what do you think these guys, everybody on yep. YouTube, you're just talking about them to get views. Yeah. 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 And then I immediately did another video, you know, got another, whatever, 45,000 views. Yeah. It's like, of course I'm going to, you know, oh, you're just chasing cloud. What do you think anyone is doing? Yep. Do you think that I'm going to make content about things that I like? Like, nobody wants to hear me yep. talk about, you know, my fascination with Elon Musk going to Mars yes. or colonizing the universe yep. or any of the ridiculous things yep. that I spend my t- off time thinking about yep. and watching videos on. Nobody wants to hear me talk about World War II, you know, and, and my fascination with, you know, the European War versus right. the, yeah. that, like, you know, these guys aren't watching that. They, they want to hear about crime yep. stories. Yep. And this is something that's trending. You jump on the trends, especially if you have a channel you're trying to build. Correct. But it's so funny. I'll get these guys that talk, talk shit. You know, your channel's going down. You're doing this kind of stuff. You're doing horrible. You're doing this. You're doing that. And I'm like,
1: well, how's your channel going?
0: (laughs) I (laughs) know. You never hear anything. What channel?
1: Well, I don't have a channel, bro. I got a regular job. Shut up. Well, my my favorite is you do like a pretty long-form interview. Yeah. And then somebody writes in the comments, well, you should have asked them this. (gasps) Oh, oh, come come back to New Jersey, right? Uh, 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 Sit down. I'll pay for your travel. I'll pay for your car.
0: Jimmy Twenty One wanted me to ask you with
1: with like with like a cat face with like a spike through it. How'd you buy
0: your Escalade? Yeah, right.
1: And and then and then and then we'll we'll wrap that up, and then and then we're
0: good, right? You know, or or yeah, it's a whole presentation. Like guys complain about like, bro. What's with all these commercials? Well, I don't know. Why don't you, do you take the paycheck yeah. at the end of the week from your boss? Do you say, yeah. listen, bro, I'm not I'm <laughs> not here for all that. Yep. Like if you think that I'm spending, I'm working, a, this is my full-time job now. That's how you make your money. Right. So if you're, you don't work your full-time job and give the money back. Yeah. No. This is my full-time job. They have no idea how long it takes. And I've mentioned this before. I don't know if you've heard me say this, but I schedule seven interviews a week in
1: the hopes that I get four, that's crazy. Sometimes I get five, sometimes I get three. But so that's on average, crazy. Yeah. You feel people to honor their time commitments at least. No, I'm, deal- I'm dealing with <laughs> derelicts. These are bank robbers and and yeah. and thieves yeah. and and guys that
0: shoot people, and they don't show up on time. I'm like, oh, uh, let me let me get your email. So you know, I talk. I'm talking. I'm, let yeah. me get your email so I can send you a calendar invite. And they're like, what? You know, a calendar invite so you can put in your calendar. Nah, bro, I got it. I thought, this motherfucker's
1: not showing. Like, you don't, yeah. you're a grown man. You're in your 50s. Yeah. You don't use a, a, a calendar? I got the Google Stop. invite from you, The because I asked you for the address last night, but then I looked, the address is in the, you run a very classy, of course. very classy I'm operation here. There you go. I just. Yeah, but let me ask you a question, though. So, so like, I'm a, I like to think a reasonable person. I would like to think, right? So when we, st- we talked, I liked it right away. I knew of you. Um, we had a lot of mutual guests. I wanted to come down in person. You saw, we we're sitting at the Hard yeah. Rock. We had a great dinner last night at Burns. We had a nice time. Yeah. I'm committed to this. Yeah, yeah. And I'm a reasonable person. Like, we, we all think things. I have four kids, I could be at home, but I wanted to be here. So the fact that, like, a bank robber's snubbing you and can't jump a Zoom, it's just, I don't know. That's crazy
0: yeah. to me. Well, You know what's so funny is it's like, like, you've got a guy who's- you know, you would kind of think he's like in the upper crust of, you know, he had a criminal career, but now he's kind of changed his ways. And like, they just can't seem to make it here. They have a thousand problems. They've got, you know, and and then you've got some other guy who I've got some guy who's a rapper who's selling crack (laughs) that went to to prison four times and gotten three police chases. And he's a maniac. And he's on point. You know what? I told you this the other night. um, Like I've been... Guys that hold themselves out there as professional podcasters yes. and yeah. professional people, prior to being a professional, I was a professional real estate yeah. agent. I was a professional this, is. professional yeah. that. I owned a stockbroker yeah. company. Like I'm a professional person. Yeah. And I pitch myself as a professional. Correct. Ghost you. They send you yeah. emails, definitely interested, want this, absolutely, blah, blah, And then they just ghost you. Because you're full of shit. And then you've got someone like this guy, Big Herc. Yeah. The mo- One of, not probably the most, but one of the most professional people I dealt with like he and I have had, you know, like words. Yeah. But this guy, there wasn't one text message, yeah. one email, not one phone call that wasn't responded, not one I mean, he was even after he and I had a um an interview that went horribly wrong, yeah. which is hugely complicated. I mean always, uh, your, always hilarious. Your content. Right. Great content. But um like it went it went bad even after that. Like this guy was furious. When yeah. they left, he was furious. Yeah. Um, Even after that When I texted him Hey bro Can you put this on your In the description Yeah no problem Hey man can you do this Yeah I gotcha yeah. Even afterwards He's still responding to Like that's a professional yeah. You may not like me As a pers- person But I'm a professional person yeah. And I will respond Even yep. if I'm gonna tell you Go fuck yourself yep. I'm gonna respond to you
1: th- th- There's three type of meetings I'm never late for Cause just been my experience One Anybody Former military They're always on time Number two, former mafia guys, even associates, are very on time. And number three, anybody who spent any real time in jail, they're never late. Yeah, you, you text be, me. Yeah, you, you sell it. Four. You, you text me yesterday. It was bad. Well, we're, my wife's getting ready. She takes a little bit to get ready, and I'm like, we need to be on time because he will be there early. I was. How and I you early text was text me like at like a, 45 minutes before. No, but like an hour no. before, and you're like, we're here. No, it was it, it was it what what
0: time was our reservation? 10:15,
1: but I think he texted oh. me at 9:30.
0: Yeah, I yeah, 9:30 I yeah. texted you cuz we 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 got there, we parked the car, we yeah. sat there. I said, "Well, he said he was going to be early," yeah, yeah. which I figured meant a little early, yeah. like in a bit in bit in, in
1: the business world, as a business guy, 10:15, I'll get there at like 10:10.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> to me, my dad always said being on time is being 15 minutes early. Yeah. He's like, "And that means If you, you're not early, you're late." Right. He, and I'm like he, he's like I'm like, well, what if there's traffic? Yeah. Has, you should have accounted for that. Because yeah. all of that needs to be, if you're in, if you're earlier than 15 yeah. minutes,
1: it's only because the things that you accounted for, didn't happen. Well, so exactly. So, so again, like, cause of the nature of the podcast and just people that I know and friends, even soci- associates, personally and professionally, again, if you're in the military, we're in the mob or incarcerated at any given point, I try not to be late because those people are never, ever late. Yeah. Um. Yeah, in prison it
0: could go bad because nobody's suing each other in prison. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you know, you don't want anybody talking bad about you in prison. So there's, there's all. It's amazing how amplified uh, normal behavior is in prison, how badly and quickly it goes bad.
1: Well, because I mean, there's not much else going on. You, you have to maybe focus on whatever drama is there. No. Well, and the only thing, the, well, that and the only thing you have in
0: prison is you know, kind of your uh, your reputation as yeah, your currency. yeah. Right. So it's you know, if that, something goes wrong, then you've got to. You know, you either have to take it now. You're kind of just being punked
1: out, like you're yeah. just a, anybody. We can talk to you any kind of I, way. I got a business idea for you. Okay, so you got like now. I don't have like that much money, but you got guys that have more money than me that are a little crazy, right? right. Like they're business guys, alpha guys, maybe played professional sports and or or even um, uh, college sports and other gazillionaires, right? I wanted to create a hotel that's an actual jail run by <laughs> former prisoners. Right? right, former prisoners, uh, uh, former law enforcement, and like there's safe words at a safe word. So like there's legit, like you are being incarcerated. Like you pay like fifty grand, you get there for like a week, and you are in jail. There's people that would pay for that, especially I'm the Japanese. Especially the <laughs> who's Japanese. Who's gonna put who's gonna especially, put the money up to do especially, it especially though? The Japanese. Well, that's the only thing. If you want like those brick and mortar, it's a little expensive. So maybe the cap cost will be a little high. But I do think people would pay for it. I was thinking about this. I want an actual jail people will pay for the jail experience. People will pay for that. You
0: know, you you have to do that somewhere that's kind of uh kind of over where the fairgrounds is, close to the hard rock. Yeah. Because that way they because there's there's property there. Yeah. You could build there. They are close to they're they're about an hour major airports. Hour yeah, and they're an hour and a half away from Disney. Yeah. They're thirty minutes away from um Bush Gardens. Yeah. They're right next door to the Hard Rock. Yeah.
1: So, but I want I want it like there's like a light safe word and then a real safe word. So like if you use it like a safe word, right? It kind of doesn't work, so you get really scared.
0: <laughs> you yeah. give them two. And this I is just, the first uh, one you have to yeah, use. It's a
1: light one. It's a light one. So like you still like we like we kinda of honor it, but we don't. Did you see that uh, the movie with um uh it was
0: uh, Stallone was a guy that broke out of major shows yeah. loophole, and he gets in there That's and right. he's going bad for him. And he's like, and he gives them the safe word and they're yeah. like, what are you talking yeah. about? And he's like, yeah. Oh my God, I'm really, yeah. Oh, this is fucked up. Yeah. You'd be surprised how many People pay for that. Um, oh, I'd be, I probably, I think, you know, what, be, you know what? I'd be surprised, but I'd be surprised with anybody putting up the money too, because here's the thing. How many business ideas have been pitched where I look at, like some of them, they, Business ideas would be pitched to me, and I'd think, "Yeah, great idea." Correct, but there are some of the biggest ones are ones where if I've been sitting at the boardroom, and you'd walk in, and you'd said, "Listen, we're gonna bottle water. Yeah, we're gonna sell it at same places net right next to right next to Coca Cola, and we're gonna charge double." I'd be like, "Fuck out of here, you're nuts, Who let?" Brad Who let him in here Yeah You're fired bro Like yeah. did you just waste the boards That's yeah. your idea Yeah I'm telling you We can make a ton of money Selling water Selling water Yeah That's the dumbest well, well, thing I've well, ever imagine, heard imagine,
1: imagine like the Yelp review For the jail right You, you sit there for the week <laughs> And then Even if it was a bad review yeah, it no, still no, be no, a good no, what's review What's a bad review right. Yo man I didn't get a disciplinary disciplinary beating. Oh, <laughs> Yo was, I didn't get lumped up I <laughs> thought I was gonna get Like you know Hit in the head I yeah, thought, I like, promised
0: it like, I was promised an attempted rape Yeah Um, you know, so I. And then,
1: know, what does a good review look like? Then?
0: Listen, listen, I have a better idea. I have a better idea. Poor Colby. Um, because your idea requires millions yeah. to invest. Um, my idea is it doesn't require that much. Uh, so I have a buddy named Eddie Soralis. Eddie Soralis is That's a great the, name, by the way. Eddie Soralis. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's he's funny. Uh, he guy he's he's in Tampa been in Tampa Heights which is basically like Ebor City Tampa Heights there's a right around Tampa they're almost downtown yeah. Tampa, practically so he's been in Ebor City and Tampa Heights he owns a ton of real estate there he's made gobs of money he's bought up so he's like a year older than me or a year younger than me yeah. but we're about the same age so he has gone he's like I can't even buy I can't even buy real estate in Tampa Heights I can't do it he's yeah. like he said not not only not that he can't afford it no yeah. He said it makes him so disgusted with how high the prices yeah, are yeah. because he knows I bought that building for forty thousand yeah. dollars twenty years ago, and now it's selling for seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Like yeah. I remember buying that building for, for it was on it was it was up for sale for a hundred thousand dollars, and was, yeah. and I wouldn't buy it. Now it just sold for one point five million. Wow. Even the building he's in, I think he paid. A hundred thousand. It's probably worth about three and a half million. The building he currently houses mm-hmm. uh, houses place yeah. out. Of. So Eddie went and started buying up property in. I want to say it's it's vir- it's like North Virginia or South or West West Virginia or something. Anyway, New Frontier, somewhere out in in, the, in one of these areas. And this was a little town. Uh, so this was a little tiny town that had an industry it's about 15 minutes away from the from the interstate yeah uh, which and once you jump on the interstate it's 30 minutes away from whatever the closest city is so yeah. it had an industry that industry yeah. closed down 20 30 years ago when we like moved, moved, moved the time yeah so it the this the town shrank dramatically then it sustained itself from retirees and whoever was living there and it slowly shrunk every single year so you have he's able to go in and buy you're buying 2000 square foot houses for 80 and 100,000. dollars You're wow. buying Buildings. He just bought a motel for like four hundred, five hundred thousand. Wow. Like a, it was like a, it's like a fifty room hotel. He's like it's ten thousand dollars a room. He He's it's already yeah, making up. Yeah. We're already making five, four or five thousand dollars a month. Wow. So he, he's buying up this whole town. Yeah. And he's like, and, and I'm like, oh, that's great, that's great. He's like, it's really, it's, it's great because it's so cheap. You can't lose. Yeah. He said, but it's a town that's dying, and he's like. And I'll make my money. He's like, obviously, I'm buying it. I yeah. do some renovations. I can yeah. easily sell it. He said, and he's always going to make money. The yeah. guys, the guy's brilliant. Yeah. It, when it comes to real estate, he's insane. He's a, yeah. um, but he's saying like, he, he, he's like, I just, I wish I could figure out how to get this, you yeah. know, turn this town back into something. Yeah. And I was, and I said, Oh, I said I know exactly what you could do cuz and he has he's got a bunch of buildings yeah. that are like commercial buildings. Yeah, yeah. They have retail spaces at the bottom. They've got uh, living it spaces. The, use, yeah. Right. I said, "Bro, I said, you know what you ought to do? I said the problem is it would it cost half a million yeah. to do this. Go in that building, build multiple studios, build cheap, cheap, cheap like rooms where there's bunk beds. Yeah. Get extremely good Wi-Fi and, you know, get the camera equipment, everything and then put Get people that want to do YouTube to come in podcast uh, and uh, Creator yep, Studio exactly Brilliant. do a do a an I incubator yeah do a massive incubator yep. so so think about it like this too if it's got you got eight true crime guys yeah I can fly in that's uh, right friend. and if knock out. Fly- we chose. can all interview them yeah. over the and we've got a nice room for and you. Split the costs and the revenue. Split the right. It's going to cost you seventy-five bucks to interview this Correct. guy. Correct. Seventy-five bucks. I get the in-person. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to build a studio. All you do is you rent your room for this much. Yeah. And it, and think about it. Maybe in six months, your YouTube's probably paying for everything. Yeah. In a year, it's probably paying that and putting a couple. And, and, you, in and if
1: it's an incubator, you could probably take a little piece of each of the businesses. No. Oh, exactly. You could set it up where it's like we'll set up your YouTube, and I get and twenty percent of the revenue.
0: So how, how – you know, to take long – and here's the thing too. You don't really have to – after the first year, you don't have to advertise because part of these guys, part of these kids that are moving in or these yeah. YouTubers, they're going to be talking about that place. Yeah. And then you're going to get droves of guys coming and say, bro,
1: I want to do it. Yeah. I don't know if you followed that, but there used to be like big TikTok houses uh, in LA. Yeah. So so that's kind of that. But for YouTube, but on the professional level, yeah. I actually – so I started uh, using the studio and great guy – so I invested some some money there, and in his studio, he's doubling down on podcasting being the new escape room. So instead of like going out to the movies or going here going there, guys night out or girls night out may actually do podcasting. So he's seeing people rent the studio as a one-off. So he sees it as kind of a new exper- experiential thing being podcasting. Or imagine having, for example, your grandmother and having a, a conversation with her and filming that. Right, and then putting it in a capsule and showing your children twenty years from now or whatever that is. So I think podcasting is unlimited if you do it the uh, right way. That's super good. That's super, yeah, I like the idea yeah. of interviewing. Listen, I would, and I
0: even asked my sister if I yeah. could interview my mom, and yeah. she was like, "No, wow. you know, she, you know." And and my sister, oh, it's tricky, yeah, you know, it, because my mom. Listen, I do my mom's voice, and whenever yeah. I do my mom and I do an imitation of my mom, like like people die laughing. Yeah, she was I, hilarious. I, but I would
1: see this is where kind of my interest would be. I would like to hear her standpoint and her experience as she, what she went through during your whole.
0: Situation. Yeah. I don't even know that she would even talk about yeah. it. Cause she, she, she just, you know, I, she, I don't even know that she watched any of those shows. Like yeah. my, my, she, my sister watched it and then she's like, Oh, should I watch it? Can you, can I, should I? And my mom would go, no mom, you don't want to watch yeah. it. And she'd go, Oh, okay. And she, you know, and I get, and really thank God, like, thank God my, my sister, you know, protected her from me.
1: Yeah.
0: Um and from that whole experience. But well, your
1: mom came and visited you like every every two weeks. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah but you know, still you're just her baby. Yeah. That's all she sees. So God bless. I got another business, another idea. He, and this isn't my idea. This yeah. is my buddy Treon's idea. Okay. Treon owns a, a a bunch of gyms in, in Tampa. Sweet. Great guy. It, Trion has great ideas he never does anything with. He basically just runs a gym. Well, an idea is nothing without execution. Right, right. But he has good ovens. Then, yeah. you know, And then he, I, he can point to probably 10 of them and be like, yeah, you know that guy that did such and such? And such? Yeah, I'm the one who gave him that idea. Mm. Like, why didn't you do something with it? He's like, I don't know, bro, <laughs> run in the gym, yeah. you know. Um, so uh, what his idea was, and I really thought this was pretty cool. He said, set up a table where people can come and have dinner And they record. So it's a couple. Yeah. You know, like us last night. Yeah. We come, we're gonna have dinner. We're all gonna shoot the shit. Yeah. He's gonna set up cameras, yeah, record the whole thing. So you bring the food, you get the order, whatever. You order it from pre, you pre order from whatever, Outback Steakhouse. You bring it, somebody heats it up, somebody makes it all nice. They come in. Okay, great. We sit down for two hours because we were there two, how long? We were like three hours, four hours. four, yeah. Right. So you sit there for three or four hours. A couple of lawyers joking around, goofing yeah. off. A couple of their wives talking yeah. shit, laughing, and whatever. You know, periodically there's just going to be just a couple, a couple, couple yeah. of couples um, talking. Yeah. Sometimes it's going to be it doesn't. It's not a good conversation. Yeah. Maybe it goes bad. Yeah. Maybe it's an amazing conversation. But you want to watch to see where it goes, right? And you just so twice a once or twice a week you do that. Yeah, that's three or four hours of content yep. filmed extremely well. Yeah, and you put that on. Uh, you put that on YouTube.
1: Oh, my Think God. Think about
0: it. The couple, they'll yeah. pay for yeah. the meal. They'll yeah. pay to be there. Yeah. So I'm going to pay an extra 200 bucks. They're going to pay for the editing. Yeah. They don't get anything other Correct. than to say, to "Tell we were their, on that show. Yeah, we were on that show. All right, this Sunday is, Sunday. all right, this is And they're cra- going to tell all their friends okay.
1: who now want to do all it. All right, this is crazy. So I just interviewed, shout out to Kevin Into Donato. He just reads gangster movie, bastard Sounds good guy. Um, so I was with him and our sound engineer. And I said something slightly different, but along those lines, I said, we create a YouTube channel that each week there's a new creator, but you can never be on more than once. Okay. it's so kind of something. You're saying food, I would say do a podcast. So it would literally just be the whatever channel. And each week you sign up and you pay to be on the channel and you control the content for that week. You have one show, one week, kind of similar to what you're right. doing, except you do food. So I thought of a very similar idea. So I think we should explore it. Yeah, yeah, That it, listen, I, listen. I'm, and the people would pay to be on it eventually because like, oh my God, that has so many subs. I want to be on that. L- listen, I've had great,
0: I, I've had great, I've had some horrible dinners, but I've had some great dinners. I'll tell you what, I interviewed this woman who was a former madam. Oh. You might want to interview her. She's actually great. Former high-priced madam who listened to her, her whole business strategy was she's bringing women in from brazil it was south america some and they come in for south america on like a three-month visa oh they're they escort for three months they go back home with 30 grand 20 mm-hmm. to 30 grand she's pocketing 20 to 30 Whatever on each one that, yeah so they're coming in for three months working her clientele and then they go back and they're thrilled. They show up there with three hundred thousand dollars. You show up in Brazil with with, with uh, thirty thousand oh, dollars. Yeah. You're like it's like two hundred grand. Yeah. You know they're they're buying a, a nice little condo and yeah. you know and going back to school. So and she's like, oh, I had girls that were they're coming back and forth, back and forth uh, every year, every whatever. They'll come back for two weeks here, two weeks there. So she does this. She makes a bunch of money. She goes to jail, gets out, marries her lawyer. That I want to say he represented her. Oh, wow. Marries him. Um, and so he came with her for the interview. We did the interview. Yeah. It's fine. It's funny because it was one of the first interviews and I'm just, you know, listening. Like, I don't really know what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm not that, asking that many questions. Yeah. Colby starts asking questions. Well, how much do they charge? <laughs> well, how much? And I'm thinking, what, what's he saying? Yeah, he's, say? he's never talked before. I have a question. Like, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, and uh, so... Uh, She was great. But after the podcast ended and everybody left, we stood there and talked, and her husband starts talking to me he's represented a ton of amazing criminals. He's a criminal def- federal criminal defense attorney. Oh wow. He sat there. We sat there for an hour and a half and he just one after another after I mean funny stories during the uh, you know during the trial, during yeah. this, during that and she's laughing and she's bringing up stuff and I'm and I'm sitting there thinking, man, this this is better than the fucking yeah. interview. Yep. And I was thinking like though, if you had so think about that podcast. Maybe it starts small but yeah. then you start getting people on like, hey, you bring on, you know, this guy, like, hey, can you come on and I want your wife? And yeah. this is the podcast. And they go and they're like, now that's cool. That's yeah. bigger than me being interviewed. It's me and my wife and and not even and I'm not interviewing you. Yeah. It's just another couple. Yep. You're all shooting the shit. And just you want it
1: super long form, so you have a little wine, you lay back. It's gonna be four, it's you know. It's gonna be. Yeah. Like listen, yeah. if it wasn't two o'clock in the morning, listen, Burns,
0: they're doing everything. To tell us to, to leave. To tell us to leave without yep. saying, y'all gotta go. Yep. They're like the the, the six yeah, times the guy came. Yeah. The guy, what was the guy? Um the valet came yeah. and he's like, Here's your keys. Yeah. Like, I'm leaving. Yeah. Here's your keys. Thank you. It's eight dollars for them. I'm like, yep. oh no. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking, I right, like this is now the, the gave, third person. You gave a big tip, I saw. Um, it was like twelve bucks. So yeah. it was like ten It mean, was twenty. Nice. So um uh, I feel bad
1: for him having to drive uh Jess's car. So <laughs> No, but that's the thing. So I we had later reservations. So I called ahead of time, you know, because although I'm just yeah. met you and I know you're a laid back just guy. Like big tipper. It's not I didn't pay for the <laughs> no, meal. Oh. Like I
0: felt like I got off
1: there easy. You go. There you go. So um so I'm like, you know, I want to make sure we do this correctly. So I, I called, I said, you know, we're at 1015 sitting. We wanna do the wine tour and the kitchen tour, and we wanna sit in the you know, dessert room. Right. And they made it a point to say, like, you're sure, like, you guys are open that late. And they say, we do not close to the last time it was there. Right. Which they said that. Yeah. But in practice, they were a little. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> shoo, shoo.
0: You almost seem, yeah. seem like you're like, what happened to yeah, yeah, yeah. the last
1: client is. Well, because I asked that specific, if they said to me, hey, you know you have a hard stop at 1.30. Right. After that, maybe, you know, drinks, you have, like, order your last drinks or. Politely, the kitchen closes at this time, or dessert closes at that time. Well,
0: I also think the problem is we were talking. You're a talker. Yeah. I'm a talker. Yeah. And so, like, I had no idea it had been four hours. I mean, mean, yeah. It was like the time just, like, and and like I said, when Jess, when we left, Jess was like, Jess said, you two just talking— That needs to be the whole podcast. She said, she said, not only was that just great sitting there listening, she said, but you could have easily, both of you could have easily talked for another two hours. Easily. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's the show. Like, I think that's a huge show. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's, it's well, I
1: I like the fact that they they gave you that, like, that chocolate fudge on the, with the mac and maca. Oh yeah, the macadamia nut. Yeah, like, macadamia
0: I mean, nut ice cream with real macadamians. And yeah. the guy did
1: this whole thing about the yeah. macadamia.
0: You know, they give this whole presentation yeah. about the macadamia yeah. ice cream. And you know, I'm like, yeah, okay, well, yeah. I'll have the macadamia yeah. ice cream. Yeah. And he was absolutely right, bro. Like, it was like probably. But, like, but instead
1: of, of it being bro. like <clears throat> chocolate syrup. Good. It was like some fancy chocolate syrup from France or right. whatever. Meanwhile, you didn't use it. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. But then he came. He
0: came back and he Making said, a point." He came back. He said, "By the way, he yeah. said the yeah the the fudge syrup such and such yeah. is flown in from whatever, yeah, yeah. and the recipe is this mm-hmm, and this yeah. and this." Yeah. Kind of like, yeah. Show some fucking respect. Yeah. Eat. eat put some syrup on there because yeah. I'm just eating the ice cream, and I went. Well, then I better use it. He said. I was like all right let me put some bread. and I tried it and I thought that's all right but yeah. the, the the fact that this has got whole macadamians yeah. in it. Yeah. Good time. That's what had me enthralled Was uh, and the they didn't wood. have that at Coleman. And the, and the wood. The what? The wood. The wood. They can talk yeah. about the wood. Yeah, they're talking they talked half as much about the food as they did the, the, the wood, wood yeah. from this table was imported through such and such the you know, Burns has been around for what 150 years. Or yeah, now? and
1: we're like the old guys, there that've been there before. But our younger wives are like, "Wow, this is like somewhat interesting, right?" I, I, you know, what's funny, I
0: didn't expect to see. Like, did you look at the crowd
1: that yeah. was there? Yeah, it's younger, super
0: young. Yeah, there were a bunch of like, yeah, young, like, is it prom? Like, yeah, there's a bunch of young kids here. O- or this or just, table, that table, that to like, or just old, right? Yeah, we're the old people. Yeah, like the oldest people that were there was yeah. us. It was us? Yeah. You know, and I like to joke around. Oh, I'm an old man. I'm an old man, but I don't really think yeah. of myself like that. So I'm sitting there thinking, "What's a
1: lie?" I want to, want to give an observation though, and it's not not a bad one. So knowing you a little bit, you're kind of a guy that like is very observant and very intelligent, right? So when he was kind of going through the different stations and going all this stuff, if you really kind of like cared about it, or, you know, like listened, because I think you were listening. It was super interesting how they had seven different people touch a salad, how they had uh, uh, 14 people literally cut onions. You can care less.
0: I'm not a food person. You <laughs> no, know, but And you're it,
1: very, you were no, very much a food person. You were very yeah.
0: interested in this, yeah. interested in that. And you're asking questions that I'm like, I'm like, I don't even know what the question you asked was <laughs> or the relevance, but it was important to him. Yeah, and he was like, yeah. actually. Yeah. And then he gave a, a, a three or four minute, you yeah. know, response to it. And I'm like, well, that must have been.
1: A, a great co- a question yeah. Like I don't know And what. then he did like The wine routine With the candle And check for the sediment And for you It was watching grass grow Yeah you, Well you And and then you pointed that out And I turn yeah. around And I look yeah. at it I'm like Yeah Yeah
0: So It's great I like the way it, it glitters
1: Um, I, But I no, don't but no, know so, so, so watch so, so, And so, so, I don't drink though too well, Okay Which is fine But so so This is the reason why I bring it up Because you brought up Coleman so now I've never been in jail, never been incarcerated. However, because I had very humble beginnings, I appreciate this whole journey. Because right. I shouldn't be here. Yeah, well, so that's I'm how on bar, I feel. I'm on bar of time. So you coming from incarceration, I thought you'd be like a, you know, you, you know, and that's when we had this
0: conversation yeah. where I said, People have the wrong impression of me. Yeah. Guys, even in Coleman they have been locked up with me for four or five years yeah. who you would think really know me. Yeah. They would say, bro, what's the first thing you're gonna eat when you get out? Because that's a common question. Yeah. And I would say, they're like, well, like, what have you been craving? They're thinking lobster. Yeah. They're thinking, you know, all, all you know, filet mignon. Yeah, 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 that. Yeah. And I, and I'm and it was always I'm like, I want a McDonald's hamburger, yeah. the cheeseburger, the little one. Wow. You know, a little cheeseburger with onions. Dollar menu. Yeah. That's what I want. I want a cheeseburger. God bless. And maybe like um pistachio. Uh, ben and Jerry's used to have pistachio heaven ice cream. Yeah. Pistachio heaven ice cream. And and a hamburger and fry. I like fries in a coke, yeah. like a fountain yeah. drink. And they're like, you should see the disappointment in people's faces. Like, mm-hmm. bro, that is not what I thought. Yeah, I know because you. I'm a very simple person. You know, Jess and I yeah. were exhausted last night. Yeah. We usually are in bed by eight or eight yeah. thirty. Now, granted, I'm up at three or four. Well, you
1: even said you said you know I, you know, I want her to come. I wanted to experience it. It's a little late for us, but we're there. So I knew that you were not like a late bird to begin with. Right. And I actually, because I was able to get us in, but I wasn't able to get us an earlier reservation because they were packed.
0: Yeah, yeah. You well, know? you can't call two, three weeks ahead of time. Correct, it's it's got to be there months. Yeah, they have some people that, I have a friend who eats there. Um, he eats there, I don't know if it's once a, once a week or once every two weeks. No. Uh, so he's got a standard reservation where oh, he's nice. there all the time. Yeah, he used to send me like pictures of like the food and hammer yeah, yeah. and pictures and stuff. And but I guess I didn't respond enough because he finally realized like, oh, he's not a food. You're probably
1: person. like down, down uh, yeah.
0: And I, I was, I'm it. like,
1: oh, cool. Yeah, but you had an appreciation that the waiter had to be there for what two, three years even to serve you. Yeah, yeah.
0: All those guys, Look, yeah. how much do those waiters make? Because Jess was like, how much do they make? That's what I was thinking. You know, even the kid that that brought us around yeah. and, and gave us the tour, yeah. he um. Uh, like, he had it down. Yeah. He knew everything, every yeah. station, everything that he was uh, talking about, he had it down. Yep. And so, like, how much... I mean, it's funny, too, because when he said, they're very good to us here, yeah. they they have a meal for us, they yeah. do this, they have a family meal. They and he, did a $3
1: he, meal, they said. Yeah.
0: The girl over his shoulder smirked, mm. and I thought... He's saying the appropriate thing to say to a guest. Yeah. Whether that's true or not, they yeah. they really feel that way. Yeah. She smirked, he's saying what's appropriate. And she and I looked over at her and she mm-hmm. kind of just grinned like, like stop it. Yeah. Now maybe it's true, maybe I misunderstood, but it se- I got that vibe. Yeah. But I do wonder how um Well one they said is some
1: guys get were the gold tie there. They Twenty-five have different years, stages,
0: different stages. So the yeah, the, yeah. They said the waiters like you get. You're a silver tie yeah. for two years. Yeah. You are then a gold tie, a red tie, then yeah. a gold tie. Like they have different stages That's of the, crazy. You know, which is interesting. Yeah. It is interesting. But when you're talking to him, like I, I'm not even really. Until he said that, I thought, I thought, <laughs> I thought that I didn't know that. Like, like, I, I didn't never even heard like. what And then I'm looking at the waiter. Behind us, yeah. who was had to be in his sixties at yeah. least. Yep, and he's a waiter, and I'm thinking, well, this guy's got to be the top,
1: yeah. one of the top, top dog, waiters. Yeah.
0: And you're sixty something years old working here. Yeah. Like it was so good, the money's so good, you don't leave. Yeah, like a waiter job is not a, it's not that's not a career. Yeah. That's something you do in college.
1: In Europe it is. In the US, it usually has like, you know, part time actor or whatever. But there it looks like their career. And like he he seemed genuinely happy to serve us. Oh yeah, yeah. He yeah. That's what I'm saying. Great book. I don't know if you've if you've into books like like this, but Unreasonable Hospitality by Will Gordara. They were the people that bought you ever hear Levin Madison Park in Manhattan? Basically it was a restaurant. It was very beautiful restaurant. But they said we want to make this the best restaurant in the world. So, they worked their asses off, did a whole bunch of service training, all that kind of stuff. We're, we're 50 in the top 50 restaurants in the world. Eventually came to be the number one restaurant in the world. And he, in the book, he talks about the journey and how they got there. So, it's to me, it's interesting how, like, uh, hospitality is actually, and the US has not always looked this way, but it's almost like an honor to right. serve you. And that's what he looked at. And that's why they bought themselves the number one. Well, have you ever been to um, you ever been anywhere in Europe and gone to a restaurant? Yeah, yeah. So it's not not great. I know it's not great, and they're full time people. Yeah, they can make good money. Yeah, well, Italy, forget it. The waiters are terrible. They have an attitude.
0: Yeah, Um, yeah. We went in uh, Norway. It's it's like they have an attitude. We were in, uh, you know, it. I was gonna say it's uh, it's just they do they they you're pissing them off that you're that you're even there and
1: because well they're not incentivized. There's no tips.
0: Right, right. So which is funny cuz I have a friend Natalia who was telling Jess talking about it and she's like which is great because it's, they don't want you to tip and it's good it's great it's great And I was like the service sucks yep. like they 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 literally make you feel like you're an asshole for yep. showing up yep. you know
1: so especially an American right
0: so um <laughs> oh, who just sidebar it for like 20 minutes it doesn't matter by then nobody's <laughs> watching at this point no one's watching and now I'll get a comment from somebody saying I was watching Cox you
1: know you know what you know what you do so Drop Burns below B E R N S if you made it this far in the comment section. Yeah, over under five. What do you think? Oh, oh okay. no, it's over. You think it's sense? over? Yeah, you think, okay. <laughs> Listen, over it's, under it's, ten. It's, I'll mention Burns. It's, it's,
0: I say twenty. Yeah, I was gonna say. Okay. Um, Colby. Colby's like you know, like sometimes I'll do an interview and I'm like, I'll call him up. I like, bro, I just yeah. did a stream or interview. It was horrible. Yeah, and he's like, it'll still get thirty five hundred views. Like like at yeah. the minimum, I've got thirty five hundred people that are, that are just hardcore. They're really at like. least gonna watch some of it. Yeah, I got about a thousand guys that will watch the entire the entire. That's thing. awesome. It is awesome. It, it's it, it's awesome. Like you just said, like you know, you're on you know our time that you're yeah. trying to build this channel. Yeah. Like like the the even though I, I know I've made some major mistakes in build, in this channel. Like, yeah. I didn't start it when I should have. I yeah. didn't listen to all the people. The people that knew what they were talking about. That. Told me what to do. Yeah, I didn't listen to. Yeah, you know, Danny Jones. You know, Julian. gave me great advice. I didn't listen to him. Yeah. Um. By by the time I did Julian's, I had just started started channel. too. So, um. Well, I love Julian's story. He's great. You know. Um. You know, I love you know quitting this job that you've been working towards your entire life to start YouTube. Like,
1: bro, in the Jersey, I'm gonna go like, live back yeah. in my
0: parents' spare room, and I'm gonna use the other spare room That's as my right. studio. Dad, will you please let me do this? Yep. Can you imagine his dad uh, go for like a foreign church? Oh my god! And his dad is you know an extremely conservative, yeah. um, a corporate lawyer yeah. who had to just be like, yep. not, not only not only the schooling, yep. but you've already been working for four or five years for yep. this. You're now getting this. Pro, you're up for this promotion, or you're getting this promotion. Like yep. now, you're really gonna be yep. making money, yep. and you want to sell everything and live, move into a yep. spare room. Yeah.
1: But the th- crazy thing about it is, Julian's a kind of guy, just like you, that no matter what you do, whatever lane you're in, you're going to be successful. You just happen to be in the creative YouTube space. Yeah, I, I, I mean, the, listen. The other thing is too, what a YouTube, what a great opportunity. Because
0: you know, like I, I always said, like YouTube had, I'd never been on YouTube when I yeah. got here, when I when I was arrested you know podcasting wasn't even a word until 2009 yeah you're saying you know right. so there was no such thing it wasn't until a year or two before so i was pre, getting out pre-rogan right well, a year or two before i was getting out people are telling me you got to start a podcast i don't even know you're trying they're trying <laughs> to explain to me yeah. what a podcast is without the ability to sh- even show me yeah. like that's a hard conversation yeah so you know i'm getting out thinking i need to do some kind of a Podcast yeah. You know I can't barely even remember What the word is um, And then I get out And then I I still don't do it right away Because I don't have this and I don't have that And uh-huh. the way it came together Is amazing for, You know In my opinion Um, And, and everything You know It's like Some in, in some ways There's a whole bunch of luck Yeah You know And in, in some ways It's by design Like yeah. You know I started writing stories Years before This was even the avenue To try and Turn that into Kind of yeah. a true crime podcast Yeah You know and then meeting uh, Tyler, which is my booking agent, getting Colby—that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, because that was a tough sell. You got the right I mean, team. not that yeah. he was—he wasn't a tough sell. Yeah. He, a, he was, was a yeah, he was. He was. That was a layup. He was. He was. That was a joke. No. Yeah. I mean, he—he he and me. I told him, "This is what I can offer." No, Blah no. He's like, "Sounds good. I'm all in." It's like, he, wow, but he saw—he
1: saw the vision. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, I've been lucky. I think. I think a lot of it's hard work. The fact that you even book seven uh, uh, meetings. Or Conversations and then even do four a week, yeah, which is insane. And you're useful, I mean, you have a great studio set up here. You're gonna have a like you talk about other future plans. I mean, sky's the limit for you because you're you're getting into see the thing is, you're getting to what 200k subs soon, right? Um, I mean, if it goes the way it's going now, we're probably
0: four months away, but but I could have a good video like that's the whole thing. It
1: goes off, yeah. You you, we
0: have if we have a video that gets two, three hundred thousand views, yeah, you probably get. 10,000
1: subs yeah. that
0: month. Just so then home. it's 3 months. Yeah. Then it's, you know.
1: Then it then it goes quicker. Know. But the funny thing is if you look at like you're probably in the top like 3%, there's not many channels that go over that get that that get that plaque. There's not many. Right. It may sound like yeah. oh everybody's at 100. No. You're what, pro- you're probably the top 3% in terms of numbers, I would think. Well, what's funny
0: about about that is how silly like how silly watching all of this and getting out of prison. Yeah. Um and hearing people, you know, getting out of h- prison and hearing people complain, hearing how people are making money yeah. and hearing about YouTube and YouTubers and listening to these guys that it's like you're giving advice on a subject. A lot of times that you have – you're not a professional per- – yeah. like, you have no expertise in yeah. this subject, and you're running your mouth, yeah. and you're getting hundreds of thousands of views, and it's like – like, this whole system is is set up, yeah. to, is, is screwed up the way yeah. it's set up. And I'm watching it, and it and then guys are talking – about doing videos. I was watching people do videos about getting their plaque, and they were so excited, yeah. and I'm sitting in that halfway house going, what about you idiots? Like, yeah. this is the dumbest thing I've ever yep. seen. Then you start doing it, and you realize, like – that is yeah. a big deal. It may not be girl. it may be a, a it may not be a big deal to somebody who's, you know, whatever, you know, is sitting in a halfway yeah. house that doesn't yeah. really understand it, yeah. but but all the things that you have to do that have to go right to get there. That's right. Like then you go, it's silly, but it yeah, but how, it's how, also it, it's also it's a milestone
1: that's yeah. like, wow, that is kind of cool. Like But how many people do you know that like started a channel and the good people, pretty good content? doing it for a while and they have like 700 subs. Yeah. Right? Then those are the people like, wow, that's kind of hard.
0: Oh, yeah. it's you know? that's, that's why whenever I get these people that complain in the um in the comment section where no. they're like, you're this and you did
1: this and this is stupid and this is, well, how's your channel going, bro? Yeah. It's that they immediately, uh oh, cool. Well, what's tricky is so everybody kind of has, you know, their own thing in terms of some people for the most part Views are the most important things, right? That's who you get paid, right? Right. But and, that's not what they see. They see subs. Well, the, so, so it gives you kind of like... So, for example, you ask somebody to come on the show, first question is how many subs you have. I know. They don't say how many views you get, how many subs you have. to kind of give you that like moral authority to come on or, yeah. or social if proof. If it's another podcaster...
0: Yeah. I guarantee they go straight to your channel. Correct. They don't mm-hmm. give a shit about the subs. They look they at just. how
1: many views is this guy getting. Correct. Somebody, somebody who knows. Yeah. But usually a guest... Ask how many, you know, subs you have. And also, you know, if you have sponsorships, they care too because they have to oh, cover right. their ass. Okay. Yeah, I've like never, a, I don't really have guys ask about sponsorships because most
0: of my people don't. They don't even understand. Like, a lot of times what will happen is I'll interview somebody, and then after the interview, they'll ask, like, how does this work? How yeah. do you get paid? Yeah. How do you – Yeah. I don't really understand that.
1: Well, I'll give you why I like sponsorships. and I'm kind of working – I had some in the past, and I'm working on some new ones. One is no, no only, I'm saying your yeah. guests, you said your guests are asked about sponsorships. No no, no, sorry so the That's two, the two like. people that care about subs are the ones that come on the show that are not podcasters that are that are guests right. They care about that. and then number two, sponsors also care how many subs you have okay with
0: well, okay now that they gotta makes, justify, that makes sense.
1: they got to justify the reach and how it's spending that kind of stuff. and the reason why I like sponsorships in that sense where one is um, you don't have to rely as much on adsense. Right. You know that because you can even have like a great video do like 100,000 views and only make 200 bucks on it. Yeah. So it's like if you have a sponsorship, it makes it a little easier. Number two, some people, you know, I don't ask for donations. I don't think you do either. I'm it's just, well, I, I do. No, we do. We have a Patreon, right? We do Patreon. that's different. If you have a Patreon and saying, hey, I want to be part of your membership model, that's different. But there's creators out there that do like live streams or say, hey, give me the super thanks button or donate to my show. Nothing's wrong with that. It's a free market. It's just not my bag. But it's a free market. I respect everybody's angle. But my point being is I don't like to rely on the viewer's money in that sense. But if I have a sponsor and they want to help the show out and they like the product, they'll patronize that sponsor. So that's why I found out. At least for me, I found out sponsorships to work tend to work out a little better.
0: So you, even you, for a smaller show, you have a, a different. Your model is different. I yeah. think probably
1: the people that are watching your channel are different. I was. I used to think so. So what happened was I had one sponsorship. Uh, they do loans, kind of like your old your old life, merchant okay. cash advances, uh, lines of credit, uh, the real estate no doc loans, all that kind of yeah, stuff, yeah. right? So uh, not, not certified. It was just kind of like the aftermarket stuff, secondary market. So I thought there would have been more, and I'm not saying there's not, but I thought there would be more business owners or maybe the union guy starting a side business or somebody, real estate guy who wants to know Doc loan who maybe doesn't have great credit. So although it did pretty well as a sponsorship, and Jason's a friend, he's a great guy, and he comes on the show once in a while, I did, that sponsorship fit wasn't as robust as I thought it was going to be. Right. So I'm trying to find the right... Um, Sponsorship for the show One thing I will tell you As an advertiser Because I do have A media company Marketing company I buy media Right To get to guys That are in our demographic Are very hard to get to They're very hard to get to yeah. Advertisers have a very hard time Getting to The 56 year old male Who makes You know 70 grand a year Who has Is a family guy and just maybe, like you know, does football or you know, fantasy football, whatever that is, right? Whatever the demographic is, but to get to that guy from a marketing standpoint is very. What well, I think Manscape advertises all the podcasts, right? Because he want to get to that guy. That guy is very hard to get to from yep. a market. It's almost impossible to get to that guy.
0: So here's here's the thing: what we've kind of yeah. you know, we we get sponsors, yeah. but we get them for a month, yeah, we get them for two months because what happens is that. You know, the guys that are watching my channel are blue collar guys. Yeah. You know, so they're you know, they're not necessarily, you know, buying the products and yeah. it takes a month or two before the sponsor goes, This didn't do what yeah. we thought it would do. Yeah. So you do need that that special sponsor that speaks to that
1: guy. You usually. need congruency. You need to have a spot that's what I'm saying. You have to have a sponsor that, that meets those guys. Yeah. 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 And, and I
0: literally we've had And I, it's not I'll, easy. Well, and I'll get emails from from people from yeah. sponsors yeah. that I'm I just, no, yeah. because I look at it and I think this guy might, yeah. he might do a sponsorship. Like maybe he'll pay us or maybe this, oh. but this guy's never going to sell anything. Like nobody's going to buy yeah. your, this product Correct. on my channel. And I, so we don't take it. Yeah. Um, most of the sponsor stuff, like Colby does. Yeah. Colby does the, yeah. he re- does a um a narration. You do on areas, yeah, like yeah. pre-roll and mid-roll. I've done a few of them. Yeah. You know, I'm not great at them, especially if you have to kind of read Well, it. you
1: should do, if you read it, you charge more.
0: Yeah, well and then yeah. <laughs> two tier strategy. Um but yeah, the AdSense, you know, AdSense alone like pays pays us, you know, pretty well. God bless.
1: And um Yeah, but that? you found a nice little not a niche because you're bigger than a niche, but I saw like Inside True Crime, you're doing that, but then like you talked to like you kinda like you know there's different genres, right? So like you dabble a little bit in the mob genre, but you had some good titling, right? You had Jeff on, you have myself on, if I'm in that space, if you will. But then the prison genre, you kind of got unlocked, which is good. But you're not part of that community. We talked about, like, you no. know, Larry Law in and some same of the other thing guys. with yeah, with pr- a yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I not, not really like, the mob guys. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. It's you're to not the me, prison it's, guy. You're not the criminal yeah. guy, but I like the fact that you're kind of a chameleon, are able to kind of live in these neighborhoods, but not, like, be a permanent resident of any. And I think that's your strength, not your weakness, you know?
0: Well, I think, like, like, to me, I would like, everybody that we have on, I would like to have connected to crime in some way. In some way, of course. You know, and, course. but, oh, well, trust me, I've had guys that have nothing to do with crime. Yeah, yeah. Like, where it's, it's like, like, I've interviewed guys that I oh, Or so the IRS been,
1: agent, what was it?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we did the IRS, uh, well, but we, we talked about crime a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I've had FBI agents. I've had um uh you know detectives, all yeah. all, all those. and then I've had um you know lawyers we've yeah. had, but you know, we also have had like listen, one of our best videos is the UFO guy right yeah that the video yeah but listen when i when I finished that and turned it off, I thought, yeah, no one's watching this,
1: yeah, but it comes it, down it comes down to being genuine like almost two it's got like two hundred thousand but views. but it comes down to being genuine and being authentic. So for me, I like, do not claim to be a street guy. I, not, it's not me. Yeah, and I think people appreciate they watch my show are um, like, you know what? He's not trying to be somebody who's not. I'll ask like a nerdy question, right, to a guy who like kills people, like 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 killed like four like four people, right. like and like I'd be like, was there a business strategy to the murder behind that? <laughs> and and people like, are looking at me like, are you trolling? Are you just dumb? Or like, what's going on? Like, right. like I remember. um I had a podcast. I, so I guy, can, But I can understand that. Like if
0: by removing this guy, yeah. do I get to take over his area or his, I well, yeah, can yeah. see that. Well,
1: I, me- I remember. So I had a podcast with the former mafia guy, John Panisi. We did a, we did a show together for about a year, not a year, but eight months. And he was incarcerated for 17 years. And um, we had another person on who was incarcerated. And I just had like logistical questions. Like how often can you take a shower? Like where do you, do you have a trunk? Do you have a lock for your trunk? Like, do you yeah. have like different, like do you have more than one sneakers. <laughs> like I don't know this stuff, yeah. and it's really fascinated me. But the truth is, most people have not been incarcerated, so they were like you asked some questions that I was too scared to ask. Yeah, about jail because jail fascinates me. It just the fact that you know you spent that much time there and are able to survive mentally. There's studies that past six years of being incarcerated, mm-hmm. your brain actually starts to degrade. Well, I, to, I, I, I'm to, proof. I'm proof well, of that, bro. But in terms of, but in terms of like, um, like cognitive function, like because you're not getting enough vitamin C, you're institutionalized. Obviously, some pro- probably PTSD happening as well in some cases. So, so to me, that's fascinating. For somebody to survive that, it's kind of exemplary in itself. You, you said this last night. You said,
0: like when I did my the soft white underbelly, yeah. yeah. You were like, you were like in a a, a much different like yeah, place yes, like yes. mentally and, and I was yeah, yeah. I was just you know boom but oh, like I didn't uh, give yeah. a sh-
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, and
0: I was like this and this and that yeah, and, it, and yeah. I, it, was, it was super when I got out and everybody said this to me you're super you're, you're really aggressive and yeah. I'm like I'm not a, I'm assertive Yeah, and they were like I'm assertive, and they're like, do "You see how you <laughs> how you're responding? Like you yeah, don't." Yeah. It took me a while to start saying, "You know, please and thank you," and and really explaining myself and and realizing how aggressive I was coming yeah, off, and yeah. I wasn't thinking that I was thinking this is how you act in prison, yeah. so nobody thinks that you're someone they can take advantage of. Yeah, like this is how you talk. So you bring that, right? And and it's so funny because yeah. I'm saying this, and to me that it's that's how everybody that's is, normal, yeah. and and but you you act that way out here, yeah. And I'm soft in prison. I'm not even a hard guy.
1: But you act that way out here, and you're you're a savage. Yeah, you're running through people. Well, to to like again from the outsider perspective, to unpack the prison experience, the strategy going in is going to have a major factor on your. Outcomes, right? We yeah. talked about this. Do you kind of, me, do I roll with the Italian guys? Do you roll with the, 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 you know, these guys? Do you kind of go with these guys? Do you say neutral? Do you, like, where do you go? What do you do? You know, so, like, you have this strategy kind of set up, and, you know, strategy. Once you get punched in the face, that goes out the window. And then you just got to, like, essentially survive. Yeah. You're just looking to pass the time. Which is I assume going very slowly unless you have a super good routine and yeah and good system. No, no,
0: listen, my I
1: had was a, a cousin that I was locked out with. My
0: my cousin and, and you know when Those I got,
1: met the method,
0: yeah, yeah. I love Reese, and he. But he told me, you know, when yeah. I got locked up, he he was like, "Listen, a big chunk of your time is going to be. It's just figuring out a way to entertain yourself so that you don't get yourself in, in trouble." He's like, yeah. "Don't gamble, yeah. don't like." He's the one who laid down all these simple rules, which I'd already kind of heard yeah, yeah, yeah. from other guys when I was locked up in the county, yeah, or in the marshals holdover. So I kind of knew that going in. Then he just he kept telling me over and over again. And then he every every time I would complain, he'd be like, "Listen, bro, let me do you a favor." Stop complaining. Yeah, and he go and I go. well, wait a minute, I'm not complaining. Go, yeah, yeah. You just said this and this and this. And he go. Nobody wants to hear that. Like got some guy who's got 30 years. Some guy who's yeah. got five years. He's like, it doesn't matter how much time they give you. In that inmate's mind, it was too much time. Yeah. He so whether he got five years or or 30 or life, yeah. it's too much time. Yeah. He said so. Stop complaining about your time. He said you figure out how to do that. He said don't mm, tell anybody. Some great and, advice. In, in, a, in a very nice way. Is he out now? Yeah, he's out. He's He's all messed up. He calls me every once in a while. He, you know, he's on the fringes of. I would love to, you know, interview him. Yeah. Um, he's never been able to make it here. He, by the way, he's only like in Dade City, which is not far. 20 right. minutes away. Wow. You know, he can't seem to make it here. And I, even if he said, I'll be there on Wednesday, I would really. It would be like, Colby, please yeah. come. Yeah. But not Understand guaranteed. we have to have something else yeah. scheduled. Another caster, yeah. yeah. Or we could just do a. A podcast because yeah. i kind of go over some of my stories yeah, yeah. like we'll have to do because that's what might happen they
1: can control right? yeah like don't be irritated if you yeah.
0: drive you know 45 minutes and get again irrit- isn't
1: it crazy that i'll fly to tampa to spend time with you but other people would but but that's the thing though like i value people's time right you know and and by valuing people's time hopefully people will value your time you know kind of be treated how you want to be treated
0: right so you're the the podcast that you're doing now yeah it's almost exclusively mob, but you're doing both. Right? So, so but you're mo-
1: well, I know I'm but at mo- one yeah. point it yeah. was I was all mob, all mob.
0: All in. And now you're slowly moving out of it. Like yeah. what is that?
1: Yeah, so I'll give you kind of what that looks like. So so again, still doing some mob stuff, but like I give you, for example, Mark Laurie. Interesting story. So he started diapers.com right. and the big two, P- P- Procter and & Gamble and somebody else, Pampers and, what's the other one, uh, Pampers and Huggies, they wouldn't sell to him. So he had to go to Costco and literally, like, empty the Costco out every day. You're talking, like, tractor trailers showing up and emptying out Costco's. Right. So, because he had to buy retail. And he was losing money on the diapers, right? Because he just wanted to, he knew, so a bigger vision, diapers don't expire, they're cheap, and what are you going to do? You're going to sell them baby lotion which is more profitable you're gonna sell them white right right so he wanted to create an ecosystem so he literally choked out Procter and Gamble and Costco to the point Costco's like I can't have you come here and take all of our diapers. Right. And it was like an influential like Wayne Jersey or something bigger Costco. So he complained to his regional, the regional complained to the vice president. The vice president called a parker gamble, and goes, This guy's buying me out. You need to start selling to him. Yeah. So they started selling him diapers. Oh, nice. So then he got really big, right? Yeah. They, they're doing a few hundred million a year. Gets on Jeff Bezos radar screen. Jeff Bezos starts selling diapers 30% less at a loss to choke these guys out. Because right. he saw the vision. Jeff right. Bezos, right? So now all of a sudden they're, they're losing market share, they're losing revenue. They, they had a good set of customers, obviously. Jeff Bezos Buy him out for five hundred sixty million. Oh, poor guy! And, no, but it's interesting. Is when I interviewed him, you could see he was upset and disappointed because he wanted to sell out for a lot more, and he knew the value of it. Right? Because if Jeff Bezos knows the value of five hundred sixty right. million, it's probably worth a billion. Right? Now, a lot of people. And Bezos
0: wrong. created that. He created that. Um, that price. Correct. Because he by, chose, because he started because saying, he "This is
1: what I'll do to you." Bingo. Sell and out. he started to doing it. So he did work for him for two years. It's not people think he just. Didn't work, but he did work for two years. Then he started a company, Jet.com. Jet.com, I don't know if you remember, it was like an online Costco. So if this was six bucks and everybody started buying in, it would go down to 550. Okay. It was variable pricing based off of demand. He did it to go after Jeff Bezos directly. It was in Hoboken, New Jersey. he did it for 18 months, got bought up by Walmart for $3.3 billion. So now, he now became the Walmart.com CEO and took market share from Jeff Bezos, got his revenge. Then now his newest venture, he started restaurants. Pretty interesting. They're in Jersey and New York, called Wonder. There's 17 restaurants in this building. 17. So if if, if Jess wants sushi, mm-hmm. and you want pizza, you could order from the same place. It comes in 26 minutes, piping hot to your door. Okay. So he has 17 different restaurant concepts in one single restaurant called Wonder. It's crazy. And he only has ten of them, and the value of that is worth three point three billion dollars right now. He just got a three hundred fifty million dollar uh, uh, three hundred fifty million dollar um, investment from Nestle. So this guy's a business genius, right? Like little things, he takes Ubers to work because he doesn't want to waste any time driving because he wants to talk on the phone, be on the computer, or be productive. The guy is a genius. I had him on my podcast. Did pretty well for me, about twenty thousand views. But like I have the knuckle dragger on, and like he'll do thirty thousand. Right. I'm like sitting there, and, like this guy's giving like, like forget about NBA advice. This guy's giving like gold, gold, gold advice, right? And like just people are like ah, like you should have asked him about this or like oh he was an Italian from San. Like, this guy's an Italian guy from San Island. Oh, was he connected? Like imagine just like yeah, 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 he'd, yeah. He'd look at me like, like, like the, call the publicist. Like never have this guy call yeah. me again. <laughs> so so those are the kind. Of, then the Andrew Bustamante on. Right. I did a little better, about 28,000 views. Um, Andrew, because he has a business now, um, was in, he admitted, he's like, even though it came from the CIA, it came from military background, I was a terrible business person at first. Even though they were transferable skills, mm. he was hard at first from the transition to business. But then he really picked up his own well, and now he kind of gave some really good business advice. You know who I just, it's in the can right now, it's going to be released next week. A guy, you'll pre- this, appreciate this, a guy called Hyphonics. You ever hear of Omegle? His name is Hyphonics? It's his channel called Hyphonics. One point one million subs. This all he does. Have you ever heard of Omegle? No. Colby, have you ever heard of Omegle? In the chat room. Yeah. So it, it, it's now defunct. But like you would go on. Let's say with your wife or girlfriend or yourself. You just go on. You hit start. It matches you up to somebody. You can chat with them real time, video chat. If you don't like them, you can skip, or you can stay and you can talk to them for as long as you want. You talk to random people throughout the world, just chat, 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 chat. So it's like the variable nature of it what makes it cool. What he does is he will do a show. You should do some b-roll for that because it, it'll be interesting. He for a show he will head. He'll be chatting with you, and then when it's supposed to skip, it like does a little spiral. He edits in a skip, so he's talking to you. Right. right. You're thinking he's gone. He comes back and his head pops off his head, and you or he shows his wife getting kidnapped on the screen. Yeah, it's crazy shit. He will t- be talking to you on the social yeah. So you're thinking he skipped. But then he'll come back on and be like, don't say anything. And then he'll B-roll to his wife that's tied up and then go back and his head will pop off his head. He's got 1.1 million subs. And that's all he does is jump scares. That's it. And on TikTok, he has 4.1 million subs. What's his channel? Hyphonics. And, but you said Hyphonics is? is his, his nickname, his uh, moniker, and that's the name of his channel. But that's all he does is jump scares. That's it. But they're brilliant. Right. So like he'll have one person on and then it's supposed to Yeah, know. yeah. So then like he I guess he changes or he reroutes the, the feed, but then he just showed his wife like getting kidnapped and then his head pops off his body. So, and like this 18 year old's watching and freaking out. But that but he, that's all he does. And he live streams four hours a night, every night, four hours. He's got one point one million subs and four million on TikTok is to the point. That Omegle actually went out of business His main platform Yeah I don't understand Why did that not do well Because the monetization was off And I think there's like some lawsuits Who weren't manageable So now there's like other forms That do something similar So he went over there But like his business I, I See I asked him about the business end Right Omegle was your number one place You're about to crash You should be up and go home What did you do I just found another one Right You know what he runs into Most people recognize him now Because for TikTok Oh uh, yeah so, so what he does is If you say Oh my God! You're yeah, TikTok. No, what he does is he goes. You just ruined it. You could have been famous, and he roasts them. And then he posts out on it. The <laughs> guy's just a brilliant creator. Right. He's from Florida. He's not from this area. He's just you. Just you. Know, it's your guilty. It's your guilty pleasure. Right. And it's just it's so stupid, but it's fucking hilarious. It's um. So I had him on. I'm fascinated with him, and I I got pitched. So I watch I watch him anyway. Right. As a 40 year old man, I watch him anyway, but. And I watch it on YouTube Shorts. I'll spend an hour on it. Oh so you assume
0: that that's—I was just about to say—and I got pitched. That sounds like
1: such a time suck. And I got pitched by a publicist. I said, "Oh my god, that's the same guy. I had him on. A true gentleman, a true creator. And he has the struggles we run into—creativity, monetization. Did he run things right? A lot of mistakes. But he's killing it. Probably has about all in about six million followers online. Hi, Phonics. Shout out to to John. Good guy."
0: Yeah, I was going to say that just to me, it's like, I feel like it's TikTok or it's the shorts where I'm sitting there where it's like, oh, it's just, it's just 20 seconds. It's just a minute. minute." And an hour later, you're like, what the
1: hell's going on? But but what's crazy about his his model is he goes live for four hours a night and he has like 3,000 people watching it live. And he still does the same jump scare. It's the same four jump scares, same four actors. And you're just fascinated by it. It's crazy. Hmm. It's crazy, it's, it's so weird. It's very weird. But on. he's a guy that I had on. It's very weird. But then on. the next one I had uh, Salvadorin on, which is Toterina's son, the guy who blew up the judges and was the most powerful mobster ever. His son wrote a book, not an informant. I interviewed him a while ago, first ever US interview. So I had him on again, because the book translated to English finally, and I had him on. So I just have like a really eclectic group, a CIA guy, a son of a powerful mobster, a guy who head pops off his body, you know, like a guy who sold to Jeff Bezos. To me, that's gold. Right. To have that kind of like, I don't, I don't think anybody respectfully put, and maybe there's a reason why, because it might not work, but puts that kind of group together and interviews them all with the same energy. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah.
0: That's kind of the Joe Rogan uh, thing where he, I mean, he's just talking to people he finds interesting. Exactly.
1: And then I like also big Patrick Bette David fan. I don't know if you like him or not, but, um, I, what I are you on, going I on, there. on a, I was on a show Are you what on, on PBD?
0: It's got like 2.2 2 million views Jeez. Where you been? Ah. Um, he He's actually and here. The, oh, that's right You were on PBD The thing about that's him That's what I
1: researched You were on so many other shows Yeah
0: The thing about him is uh, One, you know, he, he's like six, foot six. He's Baseball, a giant He's right, yeah um, And
1: two, he is Oh, well, you were he, old studio though I was Yeah, he flew me out to yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Texas uh, Yeah, you were old studio But yeah. He, Mario was on and yeah. Sasuke, yeah, yeah, and I remember he was exact. He is exactly the same
0: person that he is. You know, on on camera as off camera. You know oh, what I'm saying? Yeah. You can see him thinking the whole time. Yeah, yeah. He says the same things. He speaks his mannerisms yeah, the yeah. same. He's yeah, exact. Yeah. Holds himself the same way. Stand up. Uh, yeah, very. Yeah. Boom. boom. Very well, very what did stubborn, you think yeah. about this? Well, how are? I mean, he speaks exactly. Yeah. It's not like th- this is a guy who walks over, sits down, and just has the same conversation he yeah. would have it, if the camera was on or not. He was exactly yeah. and afterwards, you know, we talked for probably. It's funny too. We talked for twenty or thirty minutes after the podcast. I was gonna say, yeah. and while we were talking, I said something about my mother, and I teared up. Yeah. And he sat there, and there's like three or four other guys. Because he actually asked, offered me a job. He's uh-huh. like, he said, because I, you know, listen, I've been out, like, yeah. I've been out of the halfway yeah. house, like, three months. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I'm living in someone's spare room. I'm this yeah. and that. And he looked at me, he goes, you're living in someone's spare room. And I was like, yeah. And he went, he's like, would you be willing to come out, he said, to, to move out here? Wow. He said, I could give you a job, and I could, and, and, and I said, before you say anything else, I said, I... My mom lives in Tampa. And I explain that whole thing. When I'm explaining it, I tear up. And he stops and he goes, and you see the other guys are around, right? And he looks at the other guys and he goes, and you just see all of them are like looking at him. And he goes, would you be willing to go back uh, on the podcast and and, uh, talk about your mom? And I went, yeah, I don't care. I said, yeah, why? And he said, okay. Go that's back amazing. on. We do the same thing. I tear up again. That's he says the amazing. same thing because he knows I'm going to tear yeah, yeah. We And then we talk about it for a few minutes. And I actually held – luckily, I kind of held it together. Yeah. But I tear up. And then he – like we talked for five minutes ago. Yeah. Then they insert that into the original podcast. The that's only way amazing. you notice that that's the inserted scene, my book was on the table and it disappeared. And, so wow. and then people in the comment movie, section are saying, Movie mistakes. Bro, did anybody else notice that book disappeared? Prepared, and then it popped so back up. But he's exactly That's amazing. that person. Like, just a, he is genuinely just identical. There's no act, nothing.
1: That's amazing. A, a good, just a, he a Did good he host guy. you a little bit, or was more transactional, kind of in and out? Um, Did you grab dinner? You grab no, dinner, no, no, dinner? no. He's he's running. Listen, yeah, I don't know what the
0: one is, what his operation looks like down here. Yeah, but that operation there it was like a well. Oh, sure. It was massive. Yeah, I mean it's it's a massive. Um, industrial building that yeah. he had filled it were packed with people on yeah. phones yeah. there it was so he had his studio inside of the insurance company it's a separate little office yeah. set to the side or a separate little inside so you have to walk through this massive office to get there and you realize like all these people work for him wow and then you go to the studio which is you know yeah. it's a decent size yeah. it was the first truly professional studio that I'd been to, Danny's studio at the time was kind of, you know, yeah. he- held together with, you know, duct tape and spit. <laughs> um, but uh and uh but he had a he his was his was uh really amazing. It's funny too because he's got all those statues and everything. Like yeah. they're all over the place. Yeah. You walk in, he's got a life size, well not life size, but he has a statue of um Optimus Prime. Oh wow. When you walked in, That's it's dope. like 15 feet tall. It's huge and it's That's sitting there dope. and you walk in, and you're like this is not. This is a guy. This is a guy who's spending his money on all the silly stuff that I would spend my money on. Exactly. I yeah. would have a big. I would have a big Hulk statue uh, in the corner if I could. Yep. Jess wouldn't let me. But if she wasn't around, I would have one. You would have one. You know, Optimus Prime. She'd probably have Optimus Prime because she loves Optimus Prime. That's dope. so. So. <laughs> and it was very nice and thoughtful for you to invite oh, I'm, I'm, we're recording. Um, <laughs> we did. I set the tax, Colby. Got to keep that in. This. So that's, that's where the money is. Listen, we had one. We had a podcast one time where I, I get into an argument with a guy and started. We start yelling. It's not yeah. this, but we yell at uh, at the guy. He was kept making noise and making noise and making uh, noise. No. And I'm, I get into a screaming match with him and tell him to get get out or whatever. And Colby was like, "I'll cut that." I will like, "Keep that yeah, in." Hell no. <laughs> that's the that, money. It is. In. That's
1: where the gold is.
0: Um. So. Who was I interviewing that was with him? Was it was oh, a friend of his? It was a... Uh, oh, yeah. It was... Yeah. And then that was the first day that Connor was here. I had just brought, like, an
1: 18-year-old kid. Like, hey, like, you want to help me record? Sit down. Oh, no. Super
0: innocent. This guy's on drugs. Nice. He's having a... Uh, he's bumping into stuff, dropping stuff. Like, he... he like, Scrubbing the
1: floor. Yeah, uh. like well, I don't
0: know what's going on with this nut. Job. We just moved here. I'm talking to Dan. This guy's banging into stuff. I, st- I finally I turn around and say, "Bro, what are you?" Then we start yelling. Yeah. Then I say, "You know what? You get out." And then he gets out. And our Dan is just like his eyes are. Wow. And I was like, I was like, you know what? Leave that in. And then Colby left it in. <laughs> and then he was mad at me. Amazing. Like was mad at me for leaving it in. Amazing. So. uh So. So, <laughs> where, where so, we're, what is, what's the goal for, I know I asked you this last night. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, what would I, would I right see now? myself
1: in five years? Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's kind of, you know,
0: yeah. But, you know, it's like, it, it is like kind of like the Julian thing. Yeah. Where it's, that's true. Where it's like, you know, yeah. like you already have
1: a successful business. Yeah. You know, why aren't you kicking back with that successful business and just, yes. So, so g- great point. So, if, if I had the magic wand, right? So, the first is I want to I want to put out a good and better product. That's first. I want to be product first. So, and you gave some great feedback last night. You're like, hey, the order sucked on this, and. You know, you you got to tighten up on that, all that kind of stuff. You're, like, doing it from your home. It looks kind of too weird. And I love that feedback because I've gotten that feedback along the way. You know this. Forget about the troll in the comment. Yeah, yeah. You got to worry about the guy who cares about it and is like, listen, like, you suck. You know, you're like, oh, shit, I care about your opinion. So, and I do care about your opinion, too. So, I kind of have my own studio now that we have access to. Um, I have a partnership there. And I've been doing some really cool studio interviews. I'm going to try to be like Julian to um, do as many studio as I can, be studio first. So that's like put out a better product. And then third, make it a viable business. I don't know about you, but I think in the past, I treated this like more of a hobby and not as a business. And I've demonstrated some success in other areas. So I now want to focus more on this to make it like, again, product first. But then whatever goes along with that, you know, whether it be right. a financial reward, better guests, if it gets more work for us in the marketing firm, we use it as a kind of a funnel, if you will. But whatever that pans out, that pans out. But I think that I've always been product first guy. So I think if I'm able to put out a good product, I think the rest will fall into play. That's right. kind of the game plan.
0: Yeah, that's kind of the the Gary V model. Turn your, yeah, turn your what you need to do to be happy is turn your your hobby into a Correct. business. Correct. It's it's a balancing act though. Yeah. You've got so you got you know what I'm saying like I mean yeah. not that you I know what your financial situation is, yeah. but it, it like we were saying yeah. it's how, you know how can you do that until yeah. you say okay it's paying off yeah. and, and, but I do think like it's it, it is a whole thing it's the audio yeah. it, it, if you only have a few things that you have to tweak and then you got to kick back correct that's it like yeah. if you f- tweak a couple of things yeah come up with like our our strategy is pretty you know pretty not simple because yeah. we're working hard, but it's three stream yards. Yeah. Three stream yard. Three remote interviews yeah. a week, one in person. Yeah. You know, if we get more than that, great. Yeah. If it, you know, it doesn't, it's not gonna work out perfect every yeah. time, but yeah. 95% of the time, that's basically what we've been able to pull off. Yeah. Three remotes, one in person. So right now if it it's about blocking and tackling. Right, right, yeah. exactly. And then at some point, you know. And it has been. It's been. Con- you know, we've had some spikes of growth, yeah. and then, but overall, it's every month we're making a little bit more, yeah. a little bit more. So if that just that trend continues, then at some point will be something. two in person, one remote. You know, But if you have to balance that. You know, you have to sit down with a pen and piece of paper, and like right now, like I can't fly anybody. You know? Yeah. It, it it doesn't make sense. Yeah. I'm going to spend five or six hundred dollars to fly you in, yeah. put you in a hotel, yeah. Uber you here, Uber you back. Yeah. I'm going to end up spending six or seven hundred dollars on an in-person podcast. So I've got seven hundred bucks into yeah. it, and if it makes, you know, if it, it would have to do a hundred thousand for a, I'd have to do at least sixty to seventy thousand views. Even just to even break close break to even. break even, that's not a business, model. and you have to make money, right? But remote, I spend absolutely no money. Yeah, we spend three hundred dollars. Yeah, uh, three hundred dollars a year for the uh, for the platform. System, yeah, and. We – and it's all profit.
1: They do similar amount of – don't uh, in-person do a little better views or no? In-person
0: does a lot better views, about 60 to – what would you say? 60% more? Is yeah. that wrong? Generally, like the in-person is going to do better.
1: Do yeah. better. But you also don't have the carrying costs with the yeah with but The streamer, right? going to have the better audio. Yeah. guest right. is controlled. Um, but right. just like you want to find that balance, so do I, where I want to do a, a good product – but I also wanted to make more money so I can peel away from my regular job so I don't lose money. Like I actually lose money last year because I had a pretty good year in my business. I lost money in the podcast, right? But I was able to to offset, you know, income and stuff. So I was able to do that. But this year I wanted to be profitable. So I myself, even as a as an entrepreneur, struggle to find that balance. But we'll both get there. I feel.
0: Yeah, it's got to be. I was going to say the shorts. The shorts definitely help. Yeah,
1: Um, we put out one short a day,
0: Um, and and we were initially we kind of we outsourced that, then we kind of brought it back in. And adds
1: up even at ten bucks a clip gets expensive. Yeah,
0: and periodically you you hit something you just don't know when it's going to be. So, um, yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming in. I appreciate you coming. I appreciate dinner last night, hanging out, talking, and um, we're gonna leave. We'll leave the. Uh, we'll leave the link to the uh to the po- to the YouTube podcast yeah. in the in the description. Perfect. And uh we'll put yeah, we'll 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 do what we can and then we'll we'll cut up some shorts and we'll try and share some shir- shorts and do the whole thing. I love it. bro. Right. thanks for having me. I, I appreciate it. Thank no you. problem. Thank you, Jess. Hey, I really appreciate you guys watching. Uh do me a favor if you like the podcast, hit the subscribe button, hit the button or hit the uh, bell so you get notified. Um share the video and leave a comment. Also, please consider joining my Patreon. It does help. And um, please consider buying my some of my true crime books, including my memoir. But there's a whole bunch of other ones, too. Thank you. See you.